Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campy Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I am, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good things. And ladies and gentlemen, it is game day. Game Doctor day. Strange is coming out. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm tired as hell, but I don't care. <laughs> Doctor Strange is coming out today, and I'm very stoked about it. I'm joined by a few other people around here, sitting right over here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today? Sir? John, I just, I, you know, I want to do all the things with my fingers and sling my whatever. I don't want to hear about the things you do with your fingers. I'm not. Talk about your dating life. <laughs> Gosh, here I was trying to get into my whole Doctor Strange, and all you're talking about is. Anyway, <laughs> and sitting beside him. Chris Carr is here, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Just, Carr. You make this pure, pure angel seem like a filth monster all the time, and he is nothing but sweet. Chris Carr is our living, breathing comics code. Do you have to call me sweet? <laughs> he keeps everything in sweet, line. Is sweet bad Can I be say? a little dangerous? He, you're, you're very dangerous. Okay, you, I get you, like, it. Sweet dangerous. dangerous. Okay, I, I get that. <laughs> I get you. Sitting back there on Lonely Island, it's Ray Aura. Ray, joining everybody in the chat today. Ray, how you doing? Once again, you're pointing like I'm in the same room. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> you lie. You lie to everybody. <laughs> All right, guys, listen. It is wonderful to have you guys here today on opening day, officially here in the North Americas, of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Very excited about it. We're going to go see it like two hours after we're done shooting the show here today. Very stoked. We hope you guys have your plans and tickets all secured to go see it as well. And here's how today's show is going to go, guys. We're going to break it up, as we always do, into two parts. In the first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, how do we take your live comments and questions? Simple. First, you got to be watching the show live. That's kind of the first prerequisite. And then once we get near the end of our final main topic, I will announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. Once we do, you can fire in a comment, question, observation, critique, compliment, whatever your heart desires. And uh, it'll probably be open for about a minute or two. And then we'll probably have to shut it down because they fill up fast. And then we will go through all those to end off the show. But for now, guys, let's get into our main topics here, shall we? Chris. What is our first main topic today? Our first topic comes from Zach B. Hey, John and crew. Okay, so like you guys, I wasn't thrilled by the finale of Moon Knight, but I love the show as a whole and can't wait to see him in future MCU projects. The awkward ending had me curious, though. Based on the upcoming MCU projects, both movies and Disney Plus shows, where do you think he may pop up as either a cameo or a pivotal figure? Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, this has been a question for a little bit. So when Moon Knight was coming out, kind of news came out that Oscar Isaac had only been signed up for one season. Yeah. That was it. Not terribly unusual for television, but a little bit unusual for Marvel. And so that got people wondering, is this going to be a, a one season limited series? Then came word that Disney had submitted Moon Knight in the limited series category which technically should mean, especially with the change of the rules at the Emmys, that this should be a one-and-done series. Done. However, as the ping-pong ball goes to the other side of the table, then this final trailer came out, right? And the final trailer ended with saying season finale, not series finale. So we started to speculate, well, what is that? Does this mean they're actually going to do this all that kind of stuff? Well, we can now today say that this whole discussion is now put to rest because Oscar Isaac himself has come out and weighed in on the situation. This is what Oscar Isaac had to say. This is from CBR who wrote, 
Speaking to the Radio Times, Oscar Isaac revealed that while he'd be interested in reprising his role as Mark Spector, Marvel Studios is not working on a Moon Knight Season 2. You know, I think we approached it as this is the story, said Isaac, and let's just put everything out there on the table in this story. There's definitely no official plans to continue it. I think it would depend on what the story is. And that's, uh, again, Oscar Isaac, the guy who plays Moon Knight. So look, I think there's two things here. One, we were talking after the finale that, especially after the finale was done, I truly felt like, yeah, that was it. This is it for that. But I also don't believe that's the last we're going to see of Moon Knight. And Rob, you and I talked about this yesterday on the open spoiler discussion for Moon Knight, that we both feel like, look, they brought in this character, they introduced this character, the character will be used again. I mean, I feel pretty confident about that. So with Oscar Isaac coming out now and saying there are no plans for a season two, I actually believe it because I thought that before he even said it. But he's not saying there's no plans for me to come back. He didn't say that. He He didn't say there's no plans for me to come back. Uh, as Moon Knight. So I think we can expect to see him again. I just don't think it's going to be in a Moon Knight season two. Rob, we discussed this a bunch yesterday, but now you're hearing Oscar Isaac's comments. Where are you on all this? Well, look, I I mean, obviously he's like an Academy Award caliber actor. Yeah. I would love to see him come back to play the character. And I think we will see him come back. It's almost like we got his sort of, maybe not his origin story, but the Moon Knight series was his backstory. Mm. So if he shows up as a, defender of the night you know and it's going to fight alongside other heroes he can concentrate on being moon knight as opposed to being in some kind of battle between the gods Mm -hmm. you know that's 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 been tabled he's moon knight whatever and he can be a superhero so i i I believe he could show up anytime i mean i don't think he's showing up in love and thunder even though i think that'd be cool (laughs) i don't think he's showing up in wakanda forever that'd be neat too i mean if 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 you had to pick one though that he will either show up in either Thor or Thunder. I, I think the Wakanda Forever makes a lot more sense because this series had a couple of Bast and yep, you know ancestral they, plane yep, references yes. and, and things like that. So that would make even more sense. But with Gore the God Butcher being on the rampage, yeah. maybe Gore the God Butcher's coming for what if what if Gore the God Butcher comes for hungry, 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 hungry hippo? <gasps> oh no. Layla, Layla would have to Tell maybe what? maybe Layla would recruit Mark and they could go help her. You know, because I don't want to see that hippo dead. No. Well, if Thor has his hands full, I don't know what Moon Knight's going to do uh, you know. with, with, with Gore the God Butcher. I don't know either. Have we mentioned that we have footage of Gore the God Butcher that we can't share with anybody? <laughs> I find it amazing that that footage, none of it has. Yep. No one's seen it. Yeah. No, I think we might actually be the only ones I who have it. I think we are the only ones <laughs> have it. Uh, anyway, sitting beside you, of course, Chris, we, we've we had this discussion. We talked about on the show the other day about whether this is a one-shot, not whatever. Now that you're hearing Oscar mm-hmm. Isaac talk about directly, where do you think this is actually at? Well, I mean, I was definitely bummed because the se- change from series to season did get me very excited. But I am a little, a little perplexed by his quote in that this is the story and this is it and we told it in full kind of idea here, right? Did you? Did you tell the story in full? Because I feel like we didn't. So I am sure we're going to see this character again, and I'm very excited to see more of this character. However, there's a lot more that I think we need to figure out with Mark and Steven and everything else. And now Jake. And now Jake. And now Jake. Um, I didn't know if it would, I, I could still save spoilers, but you guys already did the discussion, so we're fine. Um, before he can become a West Coast Avenger. Right? Or do anything like that. Yeah. Of course, so, the other prerequisite is there has to be a West Coast. There adventure. has to be a West Coast. Which there is Maybe not. There is that. Maybe Steven <laughs> just gets a, a, you know, 
hair up his ass and he's like, let's start the Avengers over here. <laughs> and, you know, everybody trust me. I'm totally I'm, mentally stable. I've got this. Come do superheroing yeah. with me. This is all good. Um, anyway, guys, the question is for you. Now Oscar Isaac is weighing in and he's saying, yeah, there's no plans for a Moon Knight season two. Do you believe that? Do you think there will be a season two? Are you like us where you think, no, there probably won't be, but we will see him again in something else? Or maybe this was truly just a one-shot story and we won't see him again. I don't know. Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comments section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Chris. What is our second main topic today? This comes from Justice for Fredo. <laughs> the news just seems to keep getting worse for Netflix. Today, their stock price hit another new low, and it seems the shareholders are fed up. The Hollywood Reporter is saying that the shareholders are now suing their own company for lying to them about the health of the company and their projections that have cost them hundreds of millions of dollars. I know at this point, Netflix is almost too big to fail, but they aren't recovering. Could Netflix be in real trouble here? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in. Now, of course, this whole story about Netflix really first got rolling when the announcement came out that they had for the first time in forever, they actually had a quarter where they overall lost subscribers. They lost 200,000 subscribers and projected that over the next couple, they were going to lose 2 million more. As a result, the stock tanked. And it put them kind of in a precarious position. Now, some people, including me, were a little bit optimistic that, you know, the stock will recover. I mean, yeah, bad news came out, it'll tank, but it'll recover at some point. And it hasn't really recovered yet. And what's going on now is that the stockholders are saying, time out. You, back in October of 2021, you told us everything was flowers and cupcakes. You told us everything was good. And so what's a result now is you have a bunch of people representing people who have bought stock in Netflix between October of 2021 and April of 2022 saying, we have lost hundreds of millions of dollars because you lied. Now, this is something that they're talking about. Here's what we're talking about. This comes to us from the good folks over at, I believe it's Variety. Let's bring it up here. You know, the Hollywood Reporter who write the following. At the beginning of the class period, that's October of 2021. Netflix announced its third quarter financial results in a letter to shareholders that said, we are seeing the positive effects of a stronger slate in the second half of the year with figures supporting the statement on a conference call with the analysts and investors the same day, Netflix chief financial officer, Spencer Newman commented that throughout the quarter, the business remained healthy as it has been throughout the year with churn at low levels. He added that management expected to continue in terms of that healthy retention. And then this kind of acceleration as we get past those initial market reopenings with COVID and the past COVID pull forwarding into the strength of our slate. And that comes to us from Variety. So this is the comments that the people, the shareholders of Netflix are kind of rallying around and saying, you lied to us. You made it seem like everything was good and everything tanked and it has continued to tank. Like I said, there were a lot of people who thought that once Netflix had that initial big drop, that it would then just recover. It didn't. Take a look at this chart here. I looked this up and by the way, and let's see if we can take me off the screen there for a second, Jonathan. So here's where we were at, right? Basically, one month ago, the Netflix stock was at about $375 per share, $375 per share. As of this morning, when I took this graphic, 
It was at 191. As of this moment, it's 189. 189. Now I'm watching it right now. I've been watching it yeah. in real time as we started this story. And you can see from the April 19th date when the announcement came out that they had lost 200,000 subscribers and had that big cliff fall, there was no rebound. It has stayed low and has continued to drop. And this continuing to drop is what's making the shareholders at Netflix real angry. And now they're coming after their own company and suing their own company for lying to them and saying, we bought shares. We bought stocks in this company because you guys told us that this was healthy and growth was going to be accelerating. Let's bring me back up here, Jonathan, that we everything was good, everything was healthy, and we're going to be accelerating. And so we bought more stocks and we bought stocks. And now we have lost hundreds of millions because of this. And Rob, you and I have talked for years about there is a ceiling in the streaming world, right? There's only so many households in the world, John. Everything looked like it was going to be the ancestral plane. The streamers could run through the fields forever. There was no limit to money, no limit to customers out there and all that kind of stuff. And now we see them because a lot of the other streamers started slowing down their growth as well. And we talked a lot about some of the inherent problems in Netflix. But, you know, back when the big drop happened in mid-April, I kind of said, I was one of the guys who said, you know what, look, Netflix will recover from this. They are still a company that brings in like 12 billion in revenue a year or more. They're going to be okay, but this hurts, but they're going to be okay. I am starting to reconsider that position a little bit because their stocks have not rebounded. The shareholders are angry. They're share they're suing their own company now. And I'm like, I think things might start to get worse before they start to get better for Netflix here. Anyway, Rob, you're looking at this story. <laughs> What's your take on this? Their stock price has dropped 50% in the last month. Yeah. So keep this in mind. If you're a big investor, you put $2 million into this. You've lost a million dollars. In a month. In a month. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> you know, I, here's the thing. I, <sighs> oh, the glasses are coming. No, I, I just, I oh no, no, Superman. Get serious now. I, I, uh, <laughs> no, I, it's just that, look, you have a certain amount of subscribers and guaranteed income. I would think of the great thing about streaming for the Hollywood studios is for the very first time, they can actually make projections about what they're going to make the next month. Not worrying about whether a movie is going to be a success or a hit. They've got a certain amount of subscribers. They know they've got a certain amount of cash flow coming in. The thing is, Netflix, when you lose subscribers, that affects your bottom line in terms of how much money you're bringing in. 200,000 subscribers at 15 bucks a pop. And here, here's a key. If you're a traditional studio and you lose money on one movie, you can make it back in another movie. You can make it back whatever. When you're a streamer and all of your money is coming from that subscription base, when you start to lose that subscription base, you got nowhere to make it Mm -hmm. up. There's nothing else. There's nowhere out there to make it up, which is probably why Netflix is talking about adding an ad-supported tier here pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, which they're going to have to do. They're going to – which, again, it's almost like movie pass – They're going to keep, they're going to try and... That's not a comparison they wanted to hear. No, no, but it's like they're going to, okay, we're going to get, who wants ad-based Netflix? Well, then they're going to have to, I mean, right now, say you're getting $15 subscriptions, and now they make an ad-based subscriber service at $4 or something. But the thing is, as you know, broadcast ads are, that's been decreasing. The ads for network television, they've been increasingly, where have ads been going? online shows like this even i mean the advertising world is moving away from that broadcast model so even that isn't necessarily a sure thing because what kind of retention do they get 
for the ads. I mean, on this show, our subscribers buy our, the products that we advertise, and it can be measured. They don't have that when they're giving, you know, give the Netflix a code, and you can get 50%. <laughs> yeah. of, they're not going to do that. So even getting an ad-based subscription service as the ad revenues of, of traditional broadcast is changing, it's bad. I mean, it's it's really bad. And I, what's interesting is I don't watch. The funny thing about this to me is, do you watch Netflix any less? I mean, when there's a show on like Ozark, Ozark comes on, I binge the heck out of that. I'm keeping my Netflix. I'm not like yeah. they're gonna suck next month, so I'm turning it off. I'm still a subscriber, and yet their stock has dropped fifty percent in a month. Has they haven't lost twenty two hundred million subscribers? They lost. 200,000 subscribers. Right, but a lot of it is based on where they think the future is going, right? right? Mm-hmm. So Chris, but they're, they're getting into new countries. Yeah. yeah. Chris, you mm-hmm. had a chance to see this. Uh, what's your interpretation of the situation? I mean, at first, it's any investment is risky, right? Water wet. That's not a big deal. But the way they've gone about misleading the stockholders here, or the shareholders rather, is pretty upsetting and morally gray at best. They've actually hired Glancy Prongay and Murray, who are a law firm that specialize in fraudulent claims, the uh, the people suing here. And the language of this lawsuit really, really makes me think that Netflix is in big trouble here because they're talking about how as a result of Netflix's wrongful acts and omissions and precipitous decline in the market value of the company's securities, they have a leg to stand on here. They talk about how they have released untrue statements of materials, omitted the state of material facts necessary in order to make statements made about Netflix and its business operations and future prospects in light of the circumstances under which they were made were misleading. There's a lot of stuff here that points to Netflix being completely in the wrong about how they've at least handled their shareholders. Mm. So that this does not look good. And these guys lawyered the hell up. They chose a fantastic law firm to represent them. So Netflix really needs to get their poop in a group. Go ahead. Think someone else. I mean, with a stock price that's dropped that much, I would think they're ripe for a takeover. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like I'm watching like Wall Street or something, (laughs) you know, like an Oliver Stone movie where you've got where you've got uh, Chancellor Valorum, who's teamed up with Charlie Sheen, you know, to to steal the company away from Gordon Gecko. I'm going to break you, mate. I feel like we're watching something like that happen. Like as I watch this now, the stock went down to 189.76. I want to bring up you know, too. just as we've been talking, and I'm wondering, like, what if Apple, what if Apple were to just swoop in right now and buy the stock? Oh, well, see, that's the problem with with any idea or takeover. There's nobody who can afford it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like you can literally count on one finger. Who can afford to come in? And, well, maybe two. Right. Apple and Amazon. Do Apple and Amazon really? Because like, even for Apple and Amazon, who are by far the biggest companies in the world, the value of a company that generates, you know, 15, 16, 17 billion in revenue a year, even for the biggest companies in the world, that's a huge stone to put on your back. It is. And I don't even know that they, and there's nobody else who could even dream of affording it. Sorry, Chris, you had something you oh, wanted to I was just going to say, I really love that our, our viewer here wrote in the phrase too, too big to fail, because we all know that nothing is too big to fail. You just have to look at 2008. You can look at the HBO uh, series that streamed from t- in 2011 <laughs> about this. There's a streaming service that works really well. But this absolutely could be the end of Netflix eventually, right? If everyone starts pulling their money out and we don't do something about their subscribers... Even this streaming kind of juggernaut could fail. I, I want to bring up one thing, though. Mm-hmm. We, we talked a minute ago about the fact that Netflix is starting to look at the, the idea of 
maybe doing an ad supported tier. Let me talk about one of the things that could be a benefit of that. All right. One of the things we talk about a lot, and the problem with Netflix is this. A lot of people go, why does Netflix cancel this hugely popular show after two seasons? Why does Netflix cancel this massively popular show after just three seasons when it's so popular? Because here's the thing. Netflix doesn't make a single penny from how many people watch a show or a movie. Right. Not a single penny. They didn't make a single dime on Red Notice. When people tune in and watch Red Notice, doesn't matter. This is the number one thing that people watched on Netflix. And they, they made... Spent- What's that? They spent $200 million on that. Yep. And they didn't generate a single dime of revenue because that's not their model. It doesn't matter. All they care about is new people signing up. Therefore, because that's their model, when they get a super popular show, after two or three seasons, they're like, okay, people are watching it, but are new people signing up for Netflix to watch it? Or has everybody who's interested in it now already a subscriber? They're already a subscriber? Well, then we're not making any more money off this show. Let's cancel that show, start up a new one. If they do move to something of an ad-based system, the unintended benefit of viewers could be that suddenly now there would be incentive for Netflix to continue super popular shows Mm. because those shows and people watching them would actually generate revenue for them. Again, I'm, I'm just trying to find a silver lining here. This art, there's an article in um, in um, Variety yesterday about how this has thrown Hollywood into turmoil, and it's not just Netflix. And here's an interesting quote: "Now Wall Street has serious questions about Hollywood's long-term financial viability." Quote: "We think the industry is facing a point of no return in which the economics of the old models look increasingly frail, while the potential of the brave new world now appears overly hyped." wrote Robert Fishman, an analyst with Moffat Nathanson. I mean, the fallout of this could affect all streamers. It could affect the studios. How much money is Wall Street going to pump into? I mean, Hollywood needs Wall Street to survive. And if everyone's not, if everything is now on all the foundations are on sliding sands, who's to say this couldn't affect everybody? But we start to get box office numbers come in like we do for Spider-Man and the the numbers we're looking at maybe again for Doctor Strange. We'll talk about that in a bit. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how things redistribute. Really, the question is for you guys. What do you think about what seemed like eight months ago, the unshakable, undefeatable, immovable Netflix is now actually facing a lot of uh, trouble. We're not sitting here saying that Netflix is going to die in six months. Nobody Pull is saying that. Now. Yeah, no one is saying <laughs> that here. But they are. They do look to be on more shaky ground than they've ever kind of looked. What's your take on all this? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. You want to stay out of a hairy situation? You need the sponsor of today's episode, our friends at Manscaped. We want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. Now, guys, you know... I love Manscaped. You've heard me go on and on about the Lawnmower 4.0 and mm, that body wash. I love it so much. And so we got to ask, guys, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing, gentlemen. And you guys know Manscaped is more than just one product. They have a whole lineup of products to help you guys feeling, smelling, and looking your best. And so Manscaped is proud to present to you the Performance Package 4.0, which is the only tool that you need to keep your boys looking, smelling, and feeling good this spring. Now, to start off with, you get the 
Lawnmower 4.0. Guys, we have talked about this. What is wrong with us? Why have we for so long been using these terrible tools that were never meant for cutting our hair down there? The razor clipper things on our electric razors. That's barbaric, guys. You need the Lawnmower 4.0. And then there's the Weed Whacker. You guys have heard our own Ray Aura talk about this thing. He loves using it to get that hair in your nose and the ear hair. And then they offer lots of other stuff like the Crop Preserver. It's an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver. It's a spray-on toner for your balls. And of course, they've got the perfect grooming tool for your face with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on that face. So guys, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CAMPIA. That's C-A-M-P-E-A at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the promo code Campia at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. And thank you to the good folks at Manscaped for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show. All right, guys, with all that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? Our third topic comes from Jeremy Sutter. Hello, John and crew. Just started watching you guys a few weeks ago, and now you're part of my daily routine. Thank you, Jeremy. So my question is about Doctor Strange's runtime. I think we were surprised when we heard the movie was just over two hours, and now Sam Raimi just said he cut uh, the cut he submitted to Marvel was two hours and 40 minutes. Why do you think they cut so much out of the film? Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Jeremy. And yeah, um, there was a great... The fires of Gondor were lit in panic, Rob. When it was announced that the runtime for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was two hours and six minutes. Because somehow, someway, over the past year or two, there's been this false belief that's gone out there that longer runtime equals better. And so when people heard that Doctor Strange was two hours and six minutes, that's not long enough. It can't possibly, you can't fit everything in. It's like, well, you know, the original Star Wars who we never met Han or Luke or 3PO or Vader or knew anything about the Empire or Obi-Wan Kenobi or lightsabers of the Force or Jedis or anything like that. And that movie was two hours, and I heard it did pretty well. But there had been this concept. So Sam Raimi was just recently discussing this whole situation. He mentioned that he had turned in a cut of the film that was indeed two hours and 40 minutes long. This is what Sam Raimi had to say. He said the following. He said, well, the first cut was... I actually don't remember the length of it. It was probably like two hours and 40 minutes. And it slowly came down, even though we did the reshoots. We took out material, even though the reshoots went in. So it slowly got down to about two hours and five minutes is the total. And that, of course, comes us from director Sam Raimi. Now, uh, he's actually a little bit off. The actual total runtime is two hours and six minutes. So that is the ultimate runtime. But still, you're talking about roughly about 35 minutes shorter. To which I had some people writing to me and saying, John, why did Marvel cut out 35 minutes of his movie? And this is, brings us around to a discussion that we often have to have. Sam Raimi never said his final version of the movie was two hours and 40 minutes. He said very specifically first cut. First yeah. cut. Which is actually two hours and 40 minutes is pretty short. For a first, for a first, for a first yeah. cut. So, I mean, and this is something that we've discussed a lot around here, that a first cut of the film, the director's always come and it always changes from there. That was never meant to be the final version of the film. So in Sam Raimi saying, yeah, so first cut is about 240 and, you know, down to about uh, two, 205, which it's really 206. But still, there are a lot of fans out there who just think longer is better, longer is better. Uh, 
there's a that's what she said joke in there somewhere, but I can't find it right now. Longer is better. <laughs> Longer is better. So a lot of people, why not just leave it at two hours and 40 minutes? Well, I would actually contend that if you just leave it at two hours and 40 minutes, it's not really a Sam Raimi movie. Actually, I started thinking about this. When you actually go back and start thinking about Sam Raimi's comic book films and even like his most recent directorial effort, which I believe was Oz the Great and Powerful, his movies all kind of live in this neighborhood. I put this little chart together. Here's the thing. So if you go right all the way back to Spider-Man 1, it was 121 minutes. Spider-Man 2 was 127 minutes. Spider-Man 2, which is considered by many people amongst the greatest comic book films ever made. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man 3 is the longest he did, which is 139 minutes or two hours and 19 minutes. And then his last film, Oz the Great and Powerful, was two hours and 10 minutes at 130 minutes. And now Doctor Strange 2, 126 minutes, two hours and and six minutes, which makes it five minutes longer than the first Spider-Man, only one minute short of one of the greatest comic book movies of all time in Spider-Man 2, and only about, what are we talking about here, nine minutes short? No, no, 13 minutes short of uh, Spider-Man 3. And those 13 minutes were just dancing, so. It was a lot of of dancing. We don't need that. Some sharp, sharp dancing that has given the world a lot of joy in the last 15 years with all the memes that we got. So really, it's a movie that lives right where Sam Raimi likes his films to be. So number one, it was a first cut. Number two, I don't think Marvel forced him to make it two hours and six minutes because this is roughly, as we just saw in that chart, this is really where he likes his movies to live. So basically, I think it's, don't panic. Everything is as it should be. Anyway, Rob, you had a chance to see what Sam Raimi talked about. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think there's maybe a world where they could could have kept it at 240? Do you think maybe he should have made it longer? Where are your thoughts on this? Well, because, you know, we've all seen the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. The movie has a breakneck locomotive yes it does screaming down the tracks pace at least for the first for the first 20 minutes i mean that's one of the things i like the most about it it's like breathless and i was i felt exhilarated watching it they are putting in lore they are putting in character development they're putting in great not just one but two crazy monsters i mean it's there's fighting there's and 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 another character shows up and you're like yeah man i mean (laughs) it was i watched that 20 minutes and i was elated i think we all were like this is awesome i mean you want Look, do I like to watch two and a half hours or three hours of Marvel lore? Sure, I'll do that. But the pace has to be right for the film. Right. And it is about, it is the multiverse of madness. It's not about the multiverse of, I don't know, uh, what would be a equivalent, a slow, a slow boat to China. You know, it's not, <laughs> you're not, you're not, it's fast, it's furious, it's exciting, it's, it's edge of your seat awesomeness. And I don't want it to be slow. Yeah. I mean, it's paced well. Mm-hmm. Chris, you're hearing this. What do you think of it? Well, as we've said on this show before, it is not the length that is how you use it. Yes. All right, there it is. And as an editor, I mean, Rob, you know this. Like Sometimes there is just fat to cut. Sometimes there are things where you are just constantly telling people things instead of showing them. Also, you know, when you're editing a movie, traditionally I have found that dialogue scenes tend to always run long mm-hmm. because yeah. because as they're written on the page and as they're shot, when you've watched the film in context, a lot of the dialogue exchanges are self-evident mm-hmm. in what you've seen in the footage. You're like, oh, the audience will get that. We don't have to state it again. So over the course of two hours and 40 minutes, I'll bet you the dialogue scenes all came down by a third, oh, you know, just in terms of the length of each individual scene. You wouldn't even know that they're gone. 
and it'll bring that running time down. I wonder whenever we write a conversation too, we always think we're being incredibly clever. Yeah. And then we go, oh, this is not how people talk, even in a multiverse. Yeah, and wow, this is just five minutes of a camera going back and forth between two faces. You know what the funny thing is too, as I read through a lot of the reactions and reviews of uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, and you know, not everybody loves it. It's it's hovering around an 80% right now. But even amongst the negative reviews, the criticism I have not seen yet I have not read one single reaction scene that said, I felt like this movie needed more room to breathe. I, and some movies will, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've said that about some movies. That some movies some movies needed to be longer. Some movies needed to be shorter. But one of the, even amongst the people who didn't love this film, I haven't read anybody say, this neat movie needed another 15 minutes. You know, yeah. For instance, for, like, Ray, I know <laughs> that you were very disappointed to find out this movie was only two hours and five minutes. Like, you wanted this to you be a four-hour war and peace kind of thing. Well, with this, with this movie, it doesn't matter how long it was or it is going to be. I'm going to be confused no matter what. <laughs> I already know that. I just hope that I get to see some action. I don't know. Be confused no matter what. It, but three hours is long. But I made it through the Batman, and that was like... You did. Yeah. That was kind of like a... It's not going to be as crazy as this movie, so two hours is going to be fine. Yeah, I well, think yeah. it's going to run I, just fine. I like what you said about the breathing thing, too, here, because some films don't need to be decanted. Right. Right. And if the first 20 minutes of this are evident, this is a straight shot. And that's what I want. I want this to be a neat whiskey is how it's feeling right (laughs) now. What we saw in uh, CinemaCon was cut footage. Yeah. That's not even in the movie. It's not even in the movie. They just cut out the 20 minutes. That was part of it. (laughs) Sam watches the show and he was like, I want about something we didn't even (laughs) see. No, I just love the idea of movies don't have to always be decanted. Mm-hmm. I, that is a concept that I've never heard before. I'm going to incorporate that into my worldview. And so like that, I don't know what that means. Yeah. All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? Director Sam Raimi says his first submitted cut of the film was two hours and 40 minutes. Obviously, it never ends up at that. And now we're down to two hours and six. Are you guys feeling like you kind of wish it was longer? Are you saying, no, man, just give it to us. That Whatever length makes the best movie. Whatever your thoughts are, jump on down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? This one comes from Benny. Do you see that HBO dropped the first real trailer for House of the Dragon? I don't know how much about uh, I don't know much about the story, but I got chills watching it. The little hints of the classic Game of Thrones music made me realize how much I missed this world, even though I didn't like how the original series ended. What did you think of it? And are you excited for the new show? All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, Benny. And uh, I, I, I get it. You and, and there's a, a lot of people weren't thrilled with how Game of Thrones ended. I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> it, it was it was one of those things where I felt it needed more room to breathe. I mean, it, there, yeah. there's there's no even somebody like me who loved the final season. It needed to be decanted. Even I would say <laughs> it needed more episodes. It needed to be longer. Absolutely. But I thought it was fantastic. And it set the record for the most Emmy wins of any season of television and television history. Good for them. But that being said, House of the Dragons coming out. Now, look, Game of Thrones, obviously the most celebrated television show in history. It has won more Emmys than by a mile than any other show in television history. It invaded pop culture more than any other television show in history. But just because it was all of that doesn't necessarily mean that something else that you tag the same label on it is going to work or be well, especially with the fact that there are a good number of people out there who 
left Game of Thrones with a little bit of a sour taste because of the way to them that the, the ending of it didn't work. So I've not really known what to think about House of the Dragon. Now, of course, we start to see character posters. I liked it. You got Matt Smith in there. I like that. We got some footage glimpses, a little teaser that wasn't really a proper teaser earlier. I thought it looked pretty good, but we really got our first legit trailer today for it. And I will say I kind of completely agree with what our viewer wrote, that when those little notes of that Game of Thrones theme started to become recognizable, I kind of got chills a little bit. And I, and I kind of realized, you know what, I I don't think I realized how much I miss going there and, and into that world and hearing these stories. Such a warm, inviting place, Westeros. Such a, <laughs> such a safe. King's Landing. Good place you know? to raise kids. <laughs> what oh a my vacation gosh, such spot. a good place to raise kids. <laughs> I mean, gosh. it looks great. I mean, we got, they didn't, you know, they decided not to wait. We're going to see dragons. One of the very first shots, you see dragons flying around and all that kind of stuff. Now, look, they didn't go a lot into the story, nor should they yet. I mean, we're still a little bit off from the series. We're going to have more promotion to come. Um, so I'm going to say this. It didn't blow me away, but for a first little teaser that was a truly legitimate teaser, I got to say, it it made me feel like I missed that world and I'm ready to go back into it. So I think it did its job. Chris, you saw the first kind of teaser here. What mm-hmm. did you think of it? It's a Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I Honestly, I didn't feel much for it. I think everyone looks great. I'm glad we saw dragons because if you have this whole buildup towards the end of the Game of Thrones that we all know, you can't just be like, and we're going to pull back on dragons again. Yeah. We've already seen them. They need to be there. Um, I'm mostly just hoping that this is a good vehicle for Matt Smith. I want that kid to have a win. I really, really like him as an actor. I think but he he's just phenomenal. did Morbius. Which was my favorite film of the year. <laughs> Isn't that like the crown pretty, jewel in his career now? My first hot toy is going to be Matt Smith <laughs> in, in his weird little monster's Morbius attire. Um <laughs> It's so weird hearing you just laugh off camera. It's very unsettling. Um, I I just, the last season for me wasn't great. It was very rushed. There were some good moments, but it kind of just took away all the wind in my sails for this franchise. I'm hoping that that's reignited. I'm really hoping I'm into this again. Um, and at the you know worst case scenario, I'll go back to watching it with all of the different Game of Thrones scotches. Oh, oh that's right. They did put up a bunch yeah, of those, didn't they? Yeah, and they are they? delightful. Rob, you had a chance to see this. What was your take on the teaser? Well, I kind of echo what my esteemed colleague over here, Chris Carr, has to say. In the sense that, look, it looks it looks great. I mean, it looks beautiful and lush, and the production values look incredibly high. But I don't know who these people are. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm so so, but no, but I mean, I, I don't. I'm watching. Gen- but you recognize the family names. Yes, I, yes, I recognize the family. Anyone names, with but, white hair, I know their lineage. Yeah, yes, and and all that's fine. All that's great. But to me, we're now in the wake of Game of Thrones. We've had Wheel of Time, and we've had Shannara, and we've had. There's been all of these, the, these fantasy shows, and the thing that made Game of Thrones, I think, different is that. It, even though there was sword and sorcery and a bit of magic and dragons, it really was set in more of a gritty reality. Mm-hmm. And this has that. I just, just I'm looking at, I, I, I'm waiting to know, because we don't know about the story, why am I going to get invested in this? Right. That's what I want to know. And it looks great. And I'll watch it because it's Game of Thrones and I love Game of Thrones. Even when Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones was like pizza or sex. Even when it was bad. I still really enjoyed watching it. <laughs> right. You know, and, and I, I think that this looks that way too. But again, as I was saying earlier before the show started, for me, John, it's always about the writing. 
And Game of Thrones had some of the greatest writing in television. I mean, but that was when Benioff and Weiss had the books to mm -hmm. go back to. And um, again, like with the Lord of the Rings show, uh, they're they're tapping into backstory to create a full-blown series. And that's hard to do. And that takes some real deft script writing. And I really hope that it's great. I, I, I George R. R. Martin seems to like it. You know, he's... I mean, yeah, author who's making a lot of money says he say, likes his show. Oh, you know, no, it's like, I hate saying? making money from HBO. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but I, I look, I really want. I don't this. want to have to go back to actually finishing writing my that books. I just want to collect checks. <laughs> I, I, I will say this: I'm rooting for this show. I want to love this show. It looks great. I, I hope it's great. I, but again, if the thing that we're most excited about is, oh, there's the Game of Thrones theme. No, no, I, no, I don't think anybody's saying they're excited for the Game of Thrones scene, but but music like smell just uh, I, elicits I those emotional triggers. And, and you just realize it's like, oh, yeah, I love going into that world. I, I love sitting down be, and watching I this. I be great, man. You know, I, I actually started watching Game of Thrones. You did? I'm on episode four. I mean, we get it later now. They just released it here. On Minority Island. <laughs> so, uh, did so, HBO just come out of Minority yeah. Island? So they just That's released awesome. season one. And this is true. I did start watching it. I'm not being like, yeah. So I'm up to episode four. It's pretty good. Nothing bad. Nothing bad. There's like how many seasons? In oh my Game gosh. Of they like have eight, the eight, cutest nine? weddings on this show. Everybody oh, man. becomes friends. I can't wait to see this trailer when it gets here. <laughs> Are you watching things like The Sopranos for the first time too? What's that? <laughs> I have no idea what that is. No, but yeah. I think I'm going to continue it. It's actually pretty a pretty interesting interesting show. So, all uh, right, guys, question is for you. House of the Dragon teaser is now here. Have you had a chance to see it? What do you think about it? Do you are you excited for the show? Maybe you're kind of taking a wait and see. Maybe you just want to watch the pizza like Rob. Whatever you guys are thinking, <laughs> jump down in the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm just so cracking up about the fact that you guys just got HBO Max on Minority Island. <laughs> All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to our fifth and final main topic today. Chris. What is our fifth and final main topic today? Why he watch the pizza? Oh, Vimadette writes in, Good day, John. I hope you know that you have may you may have to buy Ray that hot toy after all. Uh -oh. Yay, Ray! I've been reading reports that showtimes of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness have been selling out quickly. With the movie opening in America today, I wanted to know just how big you think this film can be at the box office. All right. Thanks a lot for saying that in, man. And yeah, look, it, today is the day. It is indeed game day. The, the trucks are pulling into the parking lot. The tailgating has begun. People are painting up their faces. It's the day. It's here. We've been talking about it for like a year and a half, but it's here. Doctor Strange watching it today. Very psyched. Now the question, how many other people are psyched? How many people are going to go out and watch this thing? Will this thing be a very respectable $150, $160 million opening? Will it be a monstrous opening with $200 million plus? Only a handful of films in cinematic history have ever done that. But we're starting to get a, a look at the numbers. We're starting to get a look at the numbers. Let's take a look at this. These are, this is what the folks over at Box Office Pro had to say. They said the following. They said, uh, Multiverse of Madness has long been tracking for a debut of over $165 million, with incremental shifts upwards in recent weeks as buzz and pre-sales have impressed to the point of increasing the chances for what could become 
just the second May release in history to eclipse the $200 million threshold. The only other time it's happened? 2012's The Avengers, when it set then an all-time record with $207.4 million, a milestone perhaps fittingly celebrating its 10th anniversary yesterday, uh, this weekend. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness opening weekend range? 192 to $222 million. Now, first and most importantly, I think that everybody would agree, it looks like I won't have to buy Ray that hot toy. At 266, maybe a little bit outside you the range. You should do it anyway. Yeah. The hell with that. <laughs> you buy him a hot toy. You give you him give one him of your hot toys. toys. You got to like, take a lot of hot toys up here, anyways. Might be a couple of weeks. Yeah, I might not even to get to the here. island. Takes a while to get there. So who knows? Yeah, there's supply chain issues. Rock, so minority help. island. But 192 <laughs> to 222. Let's put this into a little bit of context here, shall we? Let's bring up this. This is the all-time opening weekend box office records, all right? Obviously, you got Avengers Endgame, which ain't anything going to touch for, I mean, <laughs> for my children's children. It's $357 million. Spider-Man No Way Home came in second at 260 Avengers Infinity War, 257 Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, 247 But here's the interesting thing. With Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi opening to $220 million, it is theoretically possible, it is possible, however unlikely, that should Doctor Strange come in at the upper end of that forecast that Box Office Pro is saying, that 192 to 222, if it does hit the top end of that, you are talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness becoming the fifth biggest film opening in the history of cinema. The fifth biggest opening in the history of cinema. If it is able to do that, even if it doesn't, if it just gets over 208, at least becomes number six, but it could be cracking into the top five. And the reason why this is so significant, besides just a film, a new film entering the top five of the biggest openings in cinematic history is already a big deal, but it would become the second film to join the top five in the post-pandemic era, which was is also in itself incredibly impressive. Can it crack that top five? Can it come into the top five of that range? Well, here, take a look at this. This is the Showtime chart for the AMC Theater in New York Times Square. The AMC Theater in New York Times Square has 70, <laughs> 70 showings. It looks like today, bingo. <laughs> it looks this like is a just bingo today, card. Today for Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. They have showtime starting at 3 p.m., 305, 3.15, 3.30, 3.45, 3.45, 4.15, 4.35, 5 p.m., 5.15, 5.30, 5.45, 6.05, 6.15, Every 5 to 15 minutes, they have a new screening start. This ain't even all of them. This does make the Times Square M&M store make more sense to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you're starting to look you're starting to look at this. And like I just out of curiosity, I jumped on and to my uh, AMC app and I started to look at showtimes. I'm not going to say they were all completely full, but they were all to the point that there were only a smattering of a couple of single seats here and mm -hmm. there that were still available. People have been getting excited about this and the theaters preparing for a big, big deal. Now, look, I said a long time ago, if this movie opens to over $165 million, that is a huge win. That's a massive, massive opening. If this thing gets over 200 health, this thing gets over 220, becomes one of the top five all-time opening films in history. Listen, I get it. Because of what Marvel and Star Wars recently has been doing, all that kind of stuff, we become a little desensitized 
to the notion of what really big numbers are. We think, oh, everything hits a billion dollars, and that's clearly not the case. But I, I think people need to appreciate the sense of history if it indeed does climb over that 220 mark. Will it? I don't know. Again, that is the upper end of Box Office Pro's projections. But if it does, everybody needs to take a step back and just kind of appreciate historically what it is we're seeing happening here. Because I think that would be pretty damn impressive. Anyway, Rob, you're seeing these projections. We're now here. The day is upon us. The, the movie is opening. What do you see Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness doing business-wise? Well, this is where the two-hour running time comes in as well. Oh, it's going to be real helpful. I mean, if you even 30 more minutes is less shows a day. And what you just showed, what, 70 show times yeah. in a day <laughs> in one theater in New York? I mean, I think the, that New York theater, is that the Burbank, the AMC 25 that's in Times Square? Was that what that I I, I don't know. I just not called the 25. I just called the AMC Times Square, I think. No, that, that's that's the busiest theater. That, that and is their the number AMC one theater. In, in Burbank, Burbank is the second busiest. Yeah. If you've got a two-hour movie playing in every theater and they're, they're scheduling showtimes every 15 minutes on a rotating basis, that's a lot of money. If That's, they sell out. It, yeah, if, if they, they sell, sell out. out. But you were yeah. saying you were just a smattering of seats. I mean here in Burbank at any rate. That's yeah. that's pretty pretty good. And I think that like you said, there's this excitement. And with a two hour show, they get more they'll 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 shoehorn in another they might even start two hours early and end two hours later, get that get that cheddar. This is <laughs> gonna be a huge, huge opening. I think regardless of whether it's at the low end, 165 million, at the high end, two twenty, that's Huge. Well, they're saying the range is at their low end of box office pro saying their low end range is 192. Well, that's I mean, that's still that's in the top. That's got to be in the 98th or 97th percentile. I think it puts it even at the bottom of the range. I think it puts it in the top 12 or 13 of all time. Look, I think what's really great about this is you can talk about, well, Marvel represents the death of cinema. No, it doesn't. <laughs> the fact is people are excited to go to the movies again. You put things, the fact that everything everywhere all at once, you know, a little independent movie has not dropped in the box office in six weeks. Word of mouth, people are, people are loving the movies now. And you've got this kicking off the box office. We got Top Gun Maverick coming out. You know, our, our friend Cliff Stevenson said, ah, Tom Cruise movies never open to $100 million. This one will. I remember I said, yeah, I said this one's going to open to $100 million. And that was before I saw it. After seeing it, I'm like, it's going to open to $100 million. Movies are back, baby. People are excited. I like Sonic Two's doing great. Sonic Two's doing great. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is this is really. It, I'm sure that. I mean, if you work at Netflix today, you might feel differently. <laughs> but I mean, I think that I think that it's. Uh, well, I, think I think it's that's good for part the of it, though, right? You want to go see movies in a movie theater. Yeah. We don't want to see them in our house as much anymore. We want to experience movies as they're meant to be experienced with other people where we have that wonderful communal experience of, oh my gosh, I don't know you from Adam. And we are going through the exact same emotional journey and you could live a totally different life than me. But here we are in this theater brought together through this amazing storytelling. And not only that, I mean, they brought 3D back too. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm going to see this yeah. in, the, in, in the IMAX in the, in the Chinese with my friend Dave. <laughs> Because they've got laser projection 3D, the best 3D I've ever seen. And I, I haven't been excited to go see a 3D movie in years. I'm stoked, dude. I've never been excited to see a 3D movie. Oh, man. So. The first Doctor Strange in 3D, though, was dope. Yeah. That was yeah. so good. Yeah, it was. Oh. Would you like to borrow my 3D Blu-ray? Honestly, yes. Oh, there you go. Well, Chris, <laughs> what about you? Well, no. actually, no, Rob, let me go back to you on this. Rob. Just wait. I, I, need a, I need a prediction. What What is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness going to open to? 210. 
210. I like that number. Chris, you're seeing these numbers. Where, where do you think they're t- this range, 192, 222, can it crack the top five? What do you think it's going to do here? I really want it to do well so Ray gets a toy. Yep. Well, I mean, even the top range is about $40 million <laughs> off from getting the toy. I, oh. I do think we're probably going to be doing something like a 220 here, but I think it's wow. going to be, I think it's going to do really well. I think people are really excited about this. I think people loved WandaVision. They loved Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think everything... Even if it has been too much marketing to some people, right? I think everything they've done for this marketing campaign is going to put so many butts in seats, including the casual Marvel film goer. See, this is brings up an interesting discussion, too, because we were talking the other day about the fact that, you know, Kevin Feige wasn't happy with Mm-mm. how much the marketing was Papa showing. Feige was mad. But, until Monday. Uh, yeah, until Monday. Here's, here's the reality. I still remember uh, going back before that Doctor Strange trailer, that first let us hear and see a bit of Patrick Stewart as Professor X in it. I still remember a lot of people who were writing into this show saying, you know, I don't feel any any buzz for Doctor Strange. I don't feel any excitement for Doctor Strange and blah, blah, Well, guess what? With Marvel and Disney, I should say, taking the control out of Kevin Feige's hands and doing too much marketing, depending on who you ask, if this thing does crack the top five openings in cinematic history you're going to see disney doing a lot more of it yep. you're going to see everybody doing a lot more of it and I, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing that's up to you to decide ray i want to ask you this i mean look i'm not going to hold you to the 266 but what 267 you- baby <laughs> does it open on your island today too no <laughs> no he's got travel international we don't even have 3d here come on <laughs> so, like like but a serious a serious yeah, where do you think? Two thirty-four. So you think you think it's going to exceed expectations? Because I'm just hoping that there's going to be a lot of people like me who, just in case they didn't know it, it was in 3D, will watch it at least a second time in 3D. Because even Kevin Feige says like uh, the first one was their best 3D film. I yes, don't know how many they released. And he said this but, is way better in 3D. And yeah. this is way better. So I'm hoping we at least get those second viewers like me like i'm gonna try to get a ticket i'm gonna be one of those two by the way yeah there's something we're forgetting to mention the avatar 2 the way of water trailer with the 3d versions of this so answer there's that too but also for people like ray you're going we're talking about the 70 screen times right the fact that this movie is just a hair over two hours I think that's going to encourage a lot of people to go back and watch it a second time this mm-hmm. weekend because they're going to feel like it's not a three-hour commitment. It's not. It's like, okay, it's a two-hour commitment. I can go do that. So that might help it as well. All right. I'm going to give you now the definitive answer. No, no, no. you're not. 208. Oh. Oh, that was like a Price is Right showcase showdown. You I underbid know. me. By that's cheating. You went yeah, but you went 211, you, you're closer. That's true. So, I mean, I, I'm going to go 208. I think it's going to be huge, monstrous, over $200 million opening, massive. I, I, I'm going to come short of that. But listen, if they're projecting 222 as a top roof, it could exceed that. And, and we, it, actually, it could come much closer to what Ray is saying here with the 230. So we're just going to have to wait and see. We'll have a better idea once we see it. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? The day is upon us. The day is nigh. Dr. Strange is here. And it's going to be in theaters. Do you sense a lot of people going to it? Some of you maybe have already seen it, depending on what market you live in. Do you already plan on seeing it multiple times this weekend? How much do you think this movie is going to end up making this weekend? You know what? Why don't I make a poll out of that right now? <laughs> we're going to we're going to pull this. I'm going to say, uh, will uh, let me see if I can get this to work. I don't think I'm going. To, oh yeah, will uh, Doctor Strange two make over 
or under 220? Will Doctor Strange make over or under 220? We'll say over. Ooh, maybe if I spell it right. And we will say uh, under. And then we'll post it. Okay, so Raskin, over or under 220? Rob, let me just check in with you first. You you said 210, so I'm assuming you're going to go with the under on 220. Under on 220. Chris, it sounds like you might go over. I said at 220, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic it'll go over okay so you're gonna so you're gonna over. lean on the over ray you're taking the over on yeah i already already voted right all right <laughs> i voted too uh i am taking the under right now so let's go over to the poll here so so far about 700 of you guys have voted already 61 percent of you right now think it's going to make over 220 million 62 percent uh th- we're now at uh getting closing in on a thousand votes uh 38 percent of you guys are saying under so still hanging in there 60 now 63 percent are saying it's going to go over 37 percent are saying it's going to be under either way i think we can all agree it's going to make an awful lot of money question is for you how much do you think dr strange is going to make this week and will it get that 220 mark will it crack the top five whatever you guys think jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, we're going to hear from another sponsor of today's episode, our good friends over at Policy Genius. Hey, guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, Policy Genius. Now, when it comes to the topic of life insurance, I get it. A lot of people ask, well, why even get life insurance? Well, listen, if someone relies on you financially, whether it's a child, a parent, or a business partner, life insurance gives you peace of mind that they have a financial cushion if something were to happen to you. Policy Genius is here to help you, and they're going to make sure you pay as little for it as possible. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Policy Genius can help you make sure you're not paying a cent more than you have to for the coverage you need. So here's how it works Policy Genius is your one stop shop to find the insurance that you need at the right price. Just click in the link down in the description or head on over to policygenius.com slash campia to get started. In minutes, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies companies to find your lowest price. You can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. And the process is easy because the licensed agents at Policy Genius are on hand through the entire process to help you understand your options and make decisions with confidence. Because ultimately, the Policy Genius team works for you, not for the insurance companies. And you can feel confident with Policy Genius because they don't add on extra fees, they don't sell your information to third parties, and they have thousands of five star reviews all across Google and Trustpilot. So again, guys, head on over to policygenius.com slash campia or click on their link down in the description below to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. And thank you again to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode. <clears throat> and greetings. I uh, When you said coming back, I was expecting a countdown. Didn't get it. Damn it, Jonathan. All right. <laughs> we are now back. And thank you to our friends over at Policy Genius. Okay, guys, we are now going to go over and start taking your live questions. I forgot to announce it before we went into uh, to hear from our sponsor, but we have now opened up the super chats for people. So if you have a live comment or question that you want to throw in, you may go ahead and do that now. And it usually takes about 15 to 20 seconds for that. So how's your day, Rob? Oh, it's <laughs> just, well, you know, you know, let me let me just say uh, I, I have to say even I everyone every time these Marvel movies come out, John, I feel I feel my heart reignited. I feel joy. I feel I get excited. I do. I feel a real palpable sense of excitement. This movie, 
you know, whether people love it or hate it, I love seeing people get excited about genre entertainment. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. When these guys walked in, because I'm, I'm here really early. So when these guys came in the studio, I'm, I'm sitting here at my desk because Jonathan's getting the camera set up. I said, you know, I know it doesn't look like it right now. I'm really excited for Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just so tired this morning. Anyway, let's jump on over now and start getting to your, uh, your questions you guys are sending in. Chris? What do we got here? All right. Daniel Dang sending in a super chat here. I love the fact that Richard Hatch was against the Battlestar Galactica reimagined series, but then he ended up getting a great role as Tom Zarek in it. Yeah, that that was kind of funny. And I mean, of course, he's no longer with us, unfortunately, but it was really cool seeing the original uh, Apollo pop up in the series. And again, it is my all time favorite television series that uh, Ronald D. Moore Battlestar Galactica absolutely loved it and was great seeing him in it. All right. What's next? From Andy, one of two, saw a pic of Jensen Ackles leaning on Pattinson's Ratmobile and felt mixed. On one hand, I saw the biggest of my fanboy wet dreams. <laughs> on the other, on the other hand, I thought, but Dean, that's not baby. Of course, you know, in for in Supernatural, uh, Dean has what? What's the year of the car? I, I can never, you know, I'm not a car guy, but he's got an old black car that everybody loves so much. And yeah, there was a little bit of similarities, right, between. Uh, Pattinson's Bat- Batmobile and that car in Supernatural. Yeah. I mean, they, they kind of shared the same spirit. I get that. All right. What's next? From Amin, is uh, Christian still going to be on the show tomorrow? And any chances we maybe see other guests like Dennis, perhaps at some point soon? Um, well, fuck Dennis. Uh, no, um, no, Dennis, of course, is a dear <laughs> friend of mine. Dennis has been a guest uh, on, on the show. Should I go but- looking for him, John? What's that? <laughs> somewhere around here. <laughs> That's where you put all oh of us. Oh, yeah, there. Um, no, I, I mean, Dennis is a dear friend of mine, and he has been a guest on the show before. Um, of, of course, you know, there's this little problem. He has a job. <laughs> so, oh. that, you know, we shoot this show while people are at work. So it, it's it's a little bit difficult that. But yes, uh, uh, Harloff is still going to be on the show tomorrow. And we're going to be talking some Doctor Strange and things like that. It'll be good to have him on. Christian's done some stuff with me as well. Uh, but it, it's been a little, it's been a beat. I mean, just a few months ago, he did a spot on the show. Anyway, yes, Christian will be on the show tomorrow. All right, what's next? Okay, from Franklin. Every time there is an MCU series, I wonder if they will surprise drop a feature-length finale. And I don't think I'm the only one. What are the realistic chances of this ever happening? Oh, my goodness. That's a good question. Um, zero. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I mean, you're right. Every time we get to the final episode, of one of these MCU shows, I'm like, it's 11.59, I keep refreshing, and then when it comes up, then as soon as it shows that the episode's there, it says the runtime, and I just want to see 131 minutes or (laughs) something like that. But they never do. (laughs) And like, even going into Moon Knight, right? Like, Moon Knight, I really thought if anything is going to have like a big extended final episode i mean moon knight's gonna have it but it was one of the shortest episodes so i honestly don't i don't know do you think they're ever gonna surprise us like that i honestly can't see it happen no because i mean remember these shows are budgeted per episode i mean and adding that kind of time you're you're talking about exponentially adding to the budget visual effects locations i mean it 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 could double the actual production days so i think when they say six episodes it's six it's episodes. Ex- it's six episodes. There's not seven. There's not a special, generously supersized extra episode. There can't be because of money. Because if they had that kind of content, they would want to make another episode 
to elongate how yep. long it's in the conversation in the pop culture. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I'm just going to look, I, I've mentioned to you guys before, for those of you guys who are our channel members and a big thank you to all you guys who are our channel members. Uh, I know YouTube is handing out like free super chats for our channel members, but they don't show up on our list, but I did just catch one coming in. So I'm just going to read it off here. Uh, Seung Lee, who's been a member for two months already. Thank you. Seung Lee wrote, can you record Ray's reaction on some of the big game of Thrones episodes? The red wedding episode uh, started the reaction YouTube videos trend. Oh, I'm definitely, going to try to fi- figure out yeah. when Ray's going to get to that episode and try to record that for sure. All right, what's next? From Al Renshaw, looks like either I'll be giving a $50 super check next Monday or Rob will be eating eggs with ketchup oh, and barbecue oh, sauce. Okay. Hashtag Deadpool. So Al, I'm sorry to do this, but I am canceling your bet with Rob. Uh, yes, yeah, so we on the John Campia show do not make bets with monetary value things with our viewers at any time under any reason. So no, I, I uh, Rob and I were just, Rob came to me and told me about I that. I got so. trouble. Yeah, so, uh, oh. yes, we unfortunately I have to cancel uh, the bet. Sorry about that, Al. But uh, it's actually done. a legal thing. We can't do it. I mean, yeah, yeah. there, there is, there is some, there is some, some hot water we can get into doing that. So unfortunately, we can't do that. All right, what's next? From Raymond, Joe Coy's Easter Sunday trailer just dropped. It features life with his Filipino family, like crazy rich Asians, except the rich part. It <laughs> features a diverse cast with uh, Tia Carrera playing your auntie. Yeah, listen, I'll tell you what, at CinemaCon, Joe Coy came out for like 15 minutes and killed the place. He was really funny. It was so funny. He just came out on stage to talk about this thing and he went on and it was just like, seriously, it was some of the funny. I've seen him live before. That was some of the funniest 15 minutes I've ever seen him do. And then they played a really bad trailer. Yeah. Oh, I think it's um, gonna be cute. Now though. I've actually right back there. I've got an autographed right behind. Actually, Ray, can you grab that for me? Oh yeah, it's sure. it's the the pop. Logan, that can I grab it to you? Or Logan, can you grab that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're going to get hey, to meet here. Chris Carr's husband. Thank you so much, Logan. I appreciate that. So I actually have right here, and uh, this is how much I love Joe Coy. I've got an autographed. Ann and I went to go see him. I got an autographed Joe Coy pop. I love Joe Coy. He's my favorite comedian right now. Nothing really inspiring about the trailer mm-hmm. to Easter Sunday. Now, that's a, we, we have seen many bad trailers to good movies, many great trailers to bad movies. I'm hoping this movie's going to be great, but I ain't going to lie. I didn't think the trailer was very Especially good. Especially following up a stand-up set where he yeah. killed. Oh, did he? I, ever any- I mean, and then you're watching a movie that uh, these weren't exactly the freshest scenes that, in the world. No. And that, there were some good moments. Yeah. yeah. It was cute. His stand-up didn't like even it. seem like... Um, like rehearsed it was like off the top because he was pointing at stuff in the crowd. oh no he and he was talking with the girl who was on stage yeah, dude, like so it was the, all, this dude can ad lib like nobody. so funny he, man he's so funny i just hope it translates in the movie all right what's next from checkers the inventor <laughs> any chance marvel will do dc a solid and in universe recast ezra miller's flash and multiverse of madness sure they don't have the rights but i think wb would be thankful yeah, if suddenly Kevin Feige said, there's a new Flash. Who's Flash? He must be from another universe. Yeah, I don't see them doing that, unfortunately. Look, Aaron Taylor Johnson recast the Flash. <laughs> this time, not as Quicksilver <laughs> as the Flash. So I also heard another thing that apparently there was big development going on. I, I don't know all the details of the story, so correct me if I'm wrong. Take this with a grain of salt. But I was reading a headline today that there had been a Flash game in heavy development with the Ezra Miller Flash, and apparently that got they killed it. Oh. So I I don't know. Was that the Axe of Zaslav? The, I don't know if that's, I think that was the, the Axe of Zaslav. I don't know if that gives us any clairvoyance into the future about what happens 
look, I'll go out on a limb right now. We will not see Ezra Miller's The Flash again after the Flash movie. I still think the Flash movie's coming out. I still think he's going to be in the Flash movie. It's his movie. It's based on him. I'm going to go out on a limb, though, and guess that we're not going to see him as The Flash again after that. Whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. But unfortunately, no. Kevin Feige has no say in that. All right, what's next? From Elizabeth Rado. Will Netflix turn to day and day? I truly think this might help them. Look at HBO Max, Apple TV, and Disney+. Plus. More views and excitement for their content. I don't know what you mean by day and day. Day yeah. Day. Oh, day and date. Like put it in theaters and th- well, no, the other studios aren't doing it either. Like the the other streamers have stopped. They they experimented with it and they I realized think, this doesn't work. I think so. he might mean weekly, like release every uh, oh, once a week. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah. So this brings back the big discussion we've had for a long time about dropping an entire season of something at once oh, versus right. a week to week thing. Right. Listen, I've said it before. I will say again. I think within three years, Netflix will be doing weekly releases of their shows look as bingers we love it when everything just drops at once but the reality is for the streaming service it is way better for them and way better for the show there's just no debating it anymore like all the Mm -hmm. data clearly shows that when you release week to week your shows are more successful that that's just it that's the bottom line more people talk about because we talk about when the mandalorian drops we talk about the mandalorian daily for two months when the new season of a new half season of uh, Stranger Things drops. People are going to talk about it for about three days, mm-hmm. and then it's going to be yesterday's news. Whereas, you know, with Moon Knight, we talked about Moon Knight for a month and a half, right? And so, I think within three years, but yes, uh, but not any time in the immediate future. John, like, imagine all the days of the week filled up with something like a new release for an episode of something that we're watching. That would be really cool. Because we have like Wednesday and Thursday right now. (laughs) It was Moon Knight and then Halo. Mm -hmm. Imagine Monday, Tuesday, Friday having episodes of something really good. Netflix, Disney, Paramount Plus, Amazon, like all had like premium. Even if all of them just had one premium show running at a time, we would have so much (laughs) Every day of the week, baby. Every day. All right, what's next? From Scotty Hale, PSA, 30 days away from The Boys Season 3. Woo-woo! Is it really just a month away now? Uh, yep. I, I'm giddy. <laughs> I, I, you guys have no idea how much I love The Boys. The Boys is so good. I, it just, it delights me every time. I can't, I didn't realize it was just 30 days away. Very excited. Thank you for that. All right, what's next? From Dante. Hey, Campia campers. Okay, I have bad news. Uh-oh. Did you see that in a recent, uh, recent Variety interview with Adam A. Rock? Adam Aaron, he has stated that there may be no end to that annoying Nicole Kidman AMC ad. Ugh, bring on the filthy. Again, look, it's a great ad for you to put on television or online to encourage people to go to AMC. There is no point (laughs) to playing an ad telling people to go to AMC to people who are already sitting in AMC. But how will I know where I am? I don't know where. And, and again, I mean, I've said it before, but I say again, because I think the analogy fits. It is like begging a girl to look at your dating profile when you're in the middle of intercourse with her. There's no point. You've arrived. Move on to something else. Stop this ad. Anyway. Okay. What's next? From Chef Rigo. Game day. Oh, <laughs> Got my tickets for 11 p.m. and we'll be tailgating at Yard House. Nice. Yeah. Trying to see this madness buzzed. 
You know, we're we're probably going. I probably should. Oh <laughs> yeah, we're Whatever. running out of it. You're we're, running. We're going to be at Yard House. <laughs> we're going to go to Yard House and probably hang out at Yard House before the movie. So if you come to Yard House, you want to come over and say Boom. hi. Come and say hi. Uh, we're going to be getting uh, tailgated, getting yeah. ready for this damn thing. Very excited for it. Cannot wait. Glad you got your tickets, man. I hope you have a lot of fun. Rob's going to paint his face and wear a cape. I am. Yeah, where you, yeah, gotta get, gotta get ready. Yeah, gotta get your team colors on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. I'm gonna paint the green, the missing eye of yeah. Agamotto there. Yeah. All right, what's next? We should have brought ours. We have one. Oh, by the way, uh, by the way, the first person who comes up to us, we didn't, we forgot to mention this off the top. The first person who comes up to us and says hi to us at the theater tonight, Rob will give you his uh, Doctor Strange hot toy. Oh my God, that's so nice of you, Rob. It's so good, cool of uh, you. Really that is guy. a big negatory, good buddy, <laughs> on that. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I spoke out of turn, apparently. Apparently that's not true. All right, what's next? From Zach, happy strange day. Got my ticket to go with my brother-in-law this afternoon at four. Nice. So pumped and can't wait to see your reactions also. Yeah, so keep an eye on the YouTube channel because as soon as we come out of theaters, we will be recording a quick right out of the theater reaction. Uh, then we will do our full review on tomorrow's episode of the John Campus Show. And then on Sunday, because I'm giving you guys today, Friday and Saturday to see the movie. Sunday, we'll do our big open spoiler discussion about it. We hope you guys can join us for all of that. All right, what's next? All right, from Nathan, giving us a $20 super chat. Thank, Thank you, so Nathan. Much. Am I crazy to say that the Game of Thrones House of the Dragon teaser looked better than the Rings of Power teaser? Mind you, I love both properties. I agree. So do I. I, I. I mean, I think the Rings of Power series will be the better show. Mm-hmm. But as far as you know, what you're showing us there, th- this was more coherent. Like, look, we already said that this trailer didn't really tell us the story, <laughs> but it felt like it was telling something. The Lord of the Rings thing was is a thing that the show was still nine months away. And it was just giving... It, basically, that was a teaser that says, hey, guys, there's a Lord of the Rings series coming. It, ba- That's Amazon really basically just found out they're pregnant. Yes. Like, yes. We've got nine months of gestation left. Whereas the other one was announcing the gender. Yeah. You know, so... But so, yes, I think this... Because of that, I think this one was the better trailer. All right. What's next? All right, from Jay Master. Jay Master. Under 5%, Disney Lucasfilm makes an announcement for Patty Jenkins Star Wars Rogue Squadron at Star Wars Celebration on May 26th through May 29th. It's Mother's Day weekend for Doctor Strange 2. Way over 5%. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say 70 or anything like that, but I'd say it's it's a virtual coin toss. I'll go yeah. I'll, I'll even go I'll go 51%. I was say I'd go over so 50. I'm not I'm not willing to put money on it, but I I think that we will get an announcement there. Rob, what do you think? They're going to announce something. Okay. Really? Wow. Star Wars, they're going to announce so something. Oh, something. so brave. You're so brave. That's why I like I'm never afraid to take the hard, yeah. to make the Pat, controversial you know what? call. I'll tell you something. I think that they're not going to announce Patty Jenkins' Rogue Squad. <laughs> okay, so you're going to go. I, I think they're going to announce either Kevin Feige's produced Star Wars movie, Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie. Could be all of it. Could, uh, could be all of it. But I just, I mean, as much as I would love to see a Rogue Squadron film, uh, you know, I don't, I don't sense a whole lot of excitement for Patty Jenkins doing it. You know, especially after Wonder Woman eighty four. I think if they're going to drop an announcement, it's going to be something new. That we've only heard that Kevin Feige was going to produce a movie. Maybe he's producing Taika Waititi's thing. But can you imagine if they brought Kevin Feige and Taika Waititi out and announced oh, that, that Kevin Feige produced Taika Waititi? Ooh, dude, It'd be a good day. But I'll, get, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I would still be more excited for this Rogue Squadron movie. 
because of the the nature of what the movie. <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, right? of course. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, granted, I did not like Wonder Woman eighty four. All right, everybody knows that. But Most people didn't. Patty Jenkins is a remarkable director, and when she told the story about her personal connection to the whole idea of fighter pilots and aviation, yeah. her family history to it, and mm-hmm. the passion she brings to that, and she walks down that runway with that life-size X-wing there and everything. It's like yeah. a Rogue Squadron movie is definitely a movie. And I'll tell you something. I'll tell you why, now that I'm thinking about it. Do you know it opens on, on the 27th of May? Obi-Wan. Well, yeah, but so does Top Gun Maverick. Oh, that's so true. the idea Which of would be a great oh, time. Uh, exactly. That's yeah. why. So, you know what? They're going to announce. That, yes, I've changed it. my mind. Top F-18. <laughs> X-Wing, you kicked the shit out of an A-18. Yeah, come on now. I do want to touch on this Doctor Strange on Mother's Day weekend thing, too. I think that only is great for Doctor Strange. You know what moms really want? For their kids to leave them the hell alone. <laughs> there are going to be so many dads taking their kids to theaters, and maybe that's not the right move given this has body yeah, order. Yeah, this movie is about Wanda Maximoff wrecking shop to get kids. You I mean, know what I'm saying? Her imaginary cool, kids. Cool moms will go see it, but yeah. also other moms will be like, please take them and let me just like be by myself. All right. What's next? <laughs> From Harv's K. Loki plus Sylvie and now Mark and Steven and Layla. Who knew the MCU was so freaky? Uh, again, so look, I, I don't think it was that risque of a question. I asked a perfectly reasonable question. Sure, John. If Mark and Layla reconcile when they have sex, is that technically a threesome or even a foursome? Cause you know, you got Jake in there. I'm just, look, I'm just wondering. I never wondered yeah. that in my life. <laughs> you thought that for sure. Now. You're totally wondering that. All right. Okay. What's next? I don't know what you're pointing at. Porn. Okay. So, no, no, no. Uh, we just got a, a super sticker, yeah. Brian uh, Whitney, for $50. Oh, well, thank, thank well, you. Well, we'll get to that when we get a little bit. To, oh, that's awesome. All right. What's next? From The Mad Titan. Two anime movies coming out this year still are Deer King and Unaho. Hype for both. Sorry if I mispronounced that, too. I Inuho? haven't heard of either. Uh, but I'm sure there are people watching this who totally know what it is you're talking about, and you just kept it on the radar. That's well it. done. I am embarrassingly out of the anime loop right now. I need to catch up on so many shows. Well, just a quick thing here. One of our members, uh, Brian mm-hmm. Whitney, just wrote in, going to go see Doctor Strange at 5. Have a great time, my friend. Mm-hmm. And Corey Leach just became one a member of the channel. Thank you so much for becoming a member, Corey Leach. Okay, what's next? From Bam Ham Yum. I'm celebrating my birthday with my friends today with Doctor Strange and Magic Gummies and a designated driver. Good call. <laughs> well, uh, that's a good call. What are Magic Gummies? Oh my gosh, Rob, I'll bring you some on a, a weekend. I have Your actually, birthday's coming up. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's the Canadian in me. I, I've never heard of Magic Gummies. I mean, I can get the implication of what we're probably talking about, but I actually don't know what Magic Gummies are. I'm assuming are. we're talking about some weed gummies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's the case. Yeah, I only eat Haribo gummies. So I'm oh, sorry. It's really Haribo, once you're over thirty, you have weed gummies because your knees hurt. Have like, you ever read read the user reviews on yep. Amazon of Haribo gummies? Of the sugarless They're ones, amazing. Of the sugarless ones. This was some of the most entertaining things you can ever do in your life is just read the reviews yeah. of the sugarless Haribo gummies on Amazon. You will read it for hours and laugh yourself. It's sick. The greatest thing ever. All right, what's next? From the man with the master plan. I'm going to use all my A-list just for Ray. He needs a hot toy. (laughs) Also, my YouTube feed is still filled with jazz music, so it worked. I mean, that's so... He was trying to come up with a way. How do we avoid getting the Doctor Strange spoilers? I know, change the recommendation algorithm by just playing an entire day of jazz, smooth jazz, and that's all we'll recommend. Good idea, and I hope it worked for you. It's an amazing algorithm. What's next? 
Sin Vendetta, sending in a $20 super chat. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sin Vendetta. By the way, just quickly, uh, Mitch Matheson just became a member of the channel. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate that, man. From Sin, John, even though you broke my heart by saying no on a movie club for both Event Horizon and Basketball, I absolutely love both those movies, I'm Mm -hmm. just curious on the panel's quick thoughts on both of these movies. Basketball is clever. Um, I mean, I still, I used to love the poster with the two guys on the, I mean, I used to love the poster. Basketball is clever, but you know, they create a game and whatever. Uh, Dark Horizon, Event Event Horizon, I should say, is one of those films that you either absolutely think is just trash or think there's hidden genius in it. Yep. Um, Would you like to borrow my Blu-ray? No, I hate it. I'm one of the people that think it was trash. (laughs) I, I didn't like the movie at all. I've never seen it. I don't know what it is. It's look. It is a very respectable sci-fi horror film mm-hmm. oh. with great production design, great acting, mm-hmm. and it's got great acting. What's not to? I mean, an engine that takes you to hell and back. Yep. Come on. Uh, oh, by the way, film. I'm just going to throw out there that uh, Jesse Prince, one of our director level members of the show, is just saying, "Hey, John and crew, I'm seeing Doctor Strange at 7:30. Have a great time, man. I hope you. I hope we all enjoy it. As a matter of fact. All right. What's next? From Elizabeth Harado. Happy anniversary, Chris and Logan. Thanks, Elizabeth. Anniversary? Anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary, guys. That's why I was like, I'll go see the movie with you guys, but I'm going to bring my husband. That's right. That's right. I forgot about it. How long have you guys been married? We've been married for four years, and then we've been dating for about 10. We've been in for about 10 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. They've been living together for about 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) What was the first movie you guys saw together? The first movie we saw. Well, that was the first movie we went on a date for. The first movie we saw together was what, Rise, Avengers. Like the House of Gaul, Rise of the Guardians? No, the, or the Christmas, Christmas one. one. With Jack Frost, yeah. that one, okay. Yeah. Very cool. All right, mm-hmm. what's next? Oh, oh hold on. Yes. Happy birthday to Bama Yum, whatever his name was. Bama Yum. The, the one who just wrote in before the Super oh, Chat. Oh, happy happy birthday, birthday. So happy birthday, man. Yay. Or woman. All right, what's next? From All Hail Thanos. Have you seen the outfit? It's so good. Um, that's, that's the, the movie. James Brolin one, right? No, 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 no that's no, no, the no. movie with um, Mark uh, Rylance. Mark yes. Rylance. Yes, you the know what? One. Still have not. I need to. Still have it. not need to though, because every, the way everything everybody describes it sounds exactly like something I would love, and I haven't had a chance to catch up on it yet. But thank you for keeping <laughs> it on my radar, man. We haven't had a lot of time for anything. We have not right had now. a lot of time for anything, dude. <laughs> Even sleep. All right, what's next? From Andy, I thought a good name for your show would be Hot Topic, but then I realized you would probably get sued by corporate emos <laughs> and goths. Uh, that actually, you know what? Yeah, hot topic is not a bad idea for a name. You're right. Uh, you know what? I'm not gonna lie. That place is made for 16 year old skateboarders. I walk into a hot topic every time we walk by one. Oh yeah. Like, I, I I just really like a lot of the stuff I find. Yep. I got a lot of my pops. A lot of my uh, Funko pops I got I get from Hot Topic. So I, I go Funko in there quite pops. a bit. Uh, by the way, as you say, uh, one of our members, uh, Corey. Writes in, I wonder if the whole Netflix fiasco will push them into a hybrid theatrical model with certain properties. Could help offset subscription losses. Nope. Uh, they're not going. What Netflix will not do is, man, our subscriptions are hurting. Let's do something that will hurt our subscriptions more. Like that's that would be counterintuitive to their entire business model. So, no, I, I, I mean, I would like to see a world where that happens, Corey. But honestly, that would probably wreck them. So I don't think they're going to do that. All right. Thanks for writing that in, man. What's next? From Josh Katz Curtis, going to see Multiverse of Madness tonight at the new Beverly Cinema in 35 millimeter. Mm. Words cannot express how excited I am. Game day. Game, Game day. day. Game day. Uh, I mean, going to see the first of all, the new Beverly is a really cool cinema to go something like that in. What, what's the difference between watching it in 35 millimeter and seeing uh, another theater? Well, 35 is you're actually seeing a film print, right? Like light is being projected through celluloid. 
And that's because Quentin Tarantino, that's Quentin Tarantino's theater. He refurbished it. He only allows 35 millimeter. And I would imagine, I mean, they probably make 35 millimeter prints for a lot of overseas venues, but I, it's a rare thing to see a 35 millimeter print here in the, in the States because not anybody really runs, none of the big chains are running 35 millimeter. So they probably struck a special print that maybe Quentin had to pay for out of his own pocket. Mm. I don't know. Exciting times. Uh, by the way, Pablo Zuengo, one of our director level members wrote in, thanks for the good work on the show daily. Well, thank you, Pablo. And thank you for being a director level member of our channel, man. We appreciate that very much. All right. What's next? From Jay Master. Hey, crew, breaking news from Variety. Disney Plus and Rick uh, Rodin himself cast Aryan Shimhardi. Shimhardi? Shimhadri? Sorry. Disney Spin and Leia Sava Jeffries Empire as Grover and Annabeth. I believe this is talking about the uh, um, uh, uh, Percy Jackson series. Oh, okay. I think they're talking about the Percy Jackson. Yeah, I read that before. I mean, two actors that nobody's really heard of in roles that nobody's really clear about. We, we decided not to make that one of our topics, but yes, that whole Percy Jackson thing, it is coming together. Obviously the kid from uh, the Ryan Reynolds film. Oh, from Adam project. The Adam project Walter is going Scobie? to be our new Percy Jackson. Scobie? So that's exciting to see. So it looks like they're putting that cast together now. All right. What's next from assistant professor X. Hi guys. Love the studio. Oh, thank you, man. Avengers 10 years already. Remember when we surprised Joss that he got the gig by using the PA system on the set of Glee. I, I have I do not know that story. Mm-mm, I don't know either. Mm-hmm. I think that's a personal story. It wasn't a question. It was uh, he said I remember when he surprised. Oh, oh okay. I see. I see. Yeah, I remember when they announced Joss Whedon. I mean, like, look, all the stuff surrounding some of the uncomfortable stuff surrounding Joss Whedon these days, especially with the the Buffy stuff and whatever. Yeah. All that notwithstanding, it doesn't rewrite history. Um, I remember when they announced that he was going to do Avengers. It caught a lot of people by surprise, but. Everybody got kind of excited about it. And he just, again, I think that's the movie that established that comic book movies are now kings of the hill. And I still personally think it's the greatest comic book movie of all time. And I still personally believe it's the most important comic book movie of all time. So uh, anyway, yeah, there's that. All right. What's next? From Chuck the Mystery. Rob recommended a terrific film for my Paul Newman binge, Absence of Malice with Sally Field. Yeah. John and Chris, have you seen it? Game day. Oh, yeah. I, I, I haven't. I... I think there's maybe one or two Paul Newman films that I haven't seen yet. I think I've pretty much seen them all. But I, for me, it's still Cool Hand Luke. Like, that is just like the cool, I mean, no pun intended. That is the coolest movie. Like, Cool Hand Luke oh, it is. is still like one of the best. I mean, Absence of Malice was one of those movies that I went to see with my mom back in the 80s when it first came out. And I really liked it. It was Sally Field, Paul Newman. It dealt with journalistic integrity. It's a great movie. But that was yesterday. I think our viewer asked yesterday. So you watched it. Oh, the last okay. Twenty-four hours. So yeah, very cool. All right. Or maybe what's, that was on mailbag. That was probably mailbag. I, yeah, I was doing mailbag yesterday. So yeah. All right. What's next? From Andy, everyone is guessing that cam- what cameos will be in Multiverse of Madness. Well, I'm guessing what Nickelback song Rami will play. <laughs> Y'all playing checkers, but man. I'm playing chess. Yeah, I mean, the, the answer is it doesn't matter because it'll make it better. It'll be glorious. <laughs> That's what Kevin Feige knows. When you mm. add, when you add in some Nickelback, your movie gets thirty percent better. It's it's just it's science. It's no, science. It's, not. it's Canadian science. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a Nickelback fan. But anyway, there you go. All right, what's next? From Khalil, what odds would you give to us getting a Moon Knight sequel series over under sixty percent? Five percent. Yeah, like almost nil. 
He'll be back, just not. I don't think he'll be back in his own TV series. I think that's pretty clear now. Uh, at least that's what Oscar Isaac is suggesting. Okay, what's next? From Mods of Jada, saw Doctor Strange yesterday. I'm tapping out of MCU. Oh, well, listen, it's... Look, I have been saying for a while, I have been less enthused about the MCU post-Endgame. We've had some major wins, like Shang-Chi... Uh, like Spider-Man No Way Home, like WandaVision. But we've also had some, eh, like more, eh, out of them than I've ever seen. In Falcon the Winter Soldier, eh, Loki, eh. Uh, Moon Knight was good. Uh, didn't like Hawkeye. And and so I, I'm, I'm not going to be surprised if, if we start hearing from more people that maybe the MCU is running as steam for them. So we'll see, though. We'll see. Winning cures everything. Mm -hmm. So let's see what kind of a streak we'll be on here. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, man. All right, what's next? From Dave, a season two to any Disney Plus Marvel show makes no sense. The characters are all connected to the films. So if there were to be a season two, it would all depend on what happens in the films. Yes and no. Some some things are more connected than others, right? Like, for instance, we had uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Look, we know there's a Captain America movie coming, but for argument's sake, there's a Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay, there hasn't been one mention of Falcon or the Winter Soldier since that series. You could very easily come back to them there. So while everything is interconnected, some things are really connected and some things less so. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Mr. McGuire, Hollywood highlights as a show title, not the best. Mm, no, nah, uh, I like how they submit it and they're like, "Sorry." Yeah, like eh. <laughs> what? That's nah. really sweet though. <laughs> it's like walking up to a girl in the bar. Excuse me, I was just wondering how your day is going. I'm sorry, this isn't going well. Do you want to give me your number? Probably not. I'm sorry, I suck. I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah. <that's>, uh, <laughs> all right. That, and that's how Logan and I got married. That is how much. <laughs> listen, when I when I tell people that I I never made the first move with any woman I've been involved with, including Anne. Anne had to make the first move. She she phoned out and reached out to me on the show. But people think that's because like, oh, oh no, no, no. You want to know why I've never made the first move? Because I have no game. I have none. Zero game. If I if any relationship I've had in my life depended on me making the first move, I'd be a very, very lonely guy because I have absolutely no game. It's like, hey, so you like stuff? I mean, that's pretty Come on, much... man. You must have just a little. I have none. Just a little. Everyone Bob, a teensy bit again. I'm the guy in high school that I took my Transformers boxes, cut the figures out of them, and pasted them on the wall with their power strips. Wow. You think there are many women came awesome. in my bedroom? <laughs> like, even my mom would like go, <laughs> like, even my mom would go, kid, we gotta talk. Like, it, it was bad. <laughs> and it's pretty much like that to this day. I feel like Rob was that kid, too, but he was doing fine. Dude, I got Arsham on my desk. <laughs> Like, uh, I have no uh, game. No, I, I was one of the first people with a VCR. Oh, shit. So, so I'm like, you want to come over and see an R-rated oh movie? Oh, dang. Wow. Yeah. Skinning. Well, I laser, laser I'm telling you. I, yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. By the way, I just want to give a shout out to Eric Kahn, who uh, became a producer level member of Ooh. our uh, of our channel. Thank you for that, Eric. Good to have you on board, man. All right. What's next? <laughs> From Tyler Pfeiffer. No game. We need a video tour of Rob's Hot Toys. Do you have any from Lord of the Rings? Well, Hot Toys doesn't make Lord of the Rings figures, know, but Sideshows made some. Uh, there's a, I have a great Gandalf Hot Toy that came out recently from, I think it's Rasmus Toys. Uh, and they did it with all rooted hair. It's, it's amazing. 
Uh, by the way, just quickly, one of our director level members, Ritwick, uh, just writes in. He says, I love this show. I've been here since last November. It's my daily watch. I love this community and people. New studio is so good. Congratulations, sir. Thank you so much. Going to watch Doctor Strange 2 tomorrow with my brother's birthday. Let's go. I hope you guys have a great time. Yeah, Happy Ritwick. birthday to your brother. And thanks for being a member of our channel. John, right. I don't know if this will show up on the stream out the list you're getting. If, if it's if it's Super Chat badges, they will. They will. Okay. Because yeah. we've got two. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's next? From Michael, going to see Multiverse of Madness in Dolby tomorrow. Nice. What big surprises big are surprises. you expecting from the film? Well, we're expecting them. There aren't big surprises. <laughs> um, I mean, look, there's. we know Professor X is there. I'm not going to mention them, but almost everybody has seen the the, the leaks. Like, even if you're not trying to see them, you've probably seen the leaks. So, But I still think there are surprises to be had. I think there are, too. Mm -hmm. and I'm try I don't want to even theorize about them. I just want to see what the movie's going to have mm -hmm. to give us. All right, what's next? From Batgear Play, I think there is a crack in the Marvel studio. They, they are creating movies and series. I don't know what that means. There's a crack in... Okay. Like, okay. You're, but you are correct, sir. They are making both they, movies and series. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely and right about that. crack might be involved. Maybe it, crack well, might crack, be involved. Maybe, like maybe it's broken or a crack between the two of them. It's not... I don't know if it's not quite... A crack I don't in know. their multiverse of sorts? All right. What's next? Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Stubble McShave. A reason that Knives Out 2 and 3 and the Scorsese movie cost so much is that there are no back-end points in streaming. All special compensation is up front. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely. So that's the thing. When What, what was it? $400 million? That Ryan Johnson got to make Knives Out 2 and 3, $400 million. That means he could make these movies for $50 million apiece and bank $300 million. Now, of course, he's got to share that around with some other people. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Daniel Craig. And but I mean, producers. but you're absolutely right. We discussed that before. Daniel you're absolutely right because right? there's no box office point deals. It's like, hey, we'll pay you for this. We get the streaming rights to it and you get to collect this money and away you go. And that was a big coup to talk. But I don't know how many more of those deals are in the future. I, I, I venture to guess not too many. All right, what's next? From Tam, game day. Game day. Game day. Oh, my first viewing of Doctor Strange 2 is like my first viewing of No Way Home. Only three trailers before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, bring that up again. I, I want to see that. I want to see that. Who was that there with that? Was that That's Tim? That's from Tim. Doctor Strange 2 is my first viewing of No Way Home. Only three trailers before. I mean, I, look, I, I they brought it up at CinemaCon. When, which studio was it? Was it Paramount? I think it was Paramount. That, that, one that, that came oh, out. Okay. Oh yeah, no, it was. It that, was Paramount. The, the 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 chairman of Paramount came out and said, and it was the first time I'd ever heard a studio person say it, and I was so glad. And he said to the theater owners, "There are too many trailers. This is hurting the movie going experience. Movie theater owners, listen to me. All right." We're always worried about how do we get people back. You get people back to the theaters by giving them a great experience when they come. And you're off to the wrong fucking start when their first experience in your door is sitting for 30 fucking minutes watching commercials when they pay 20 fucking bucks to be there in the first goddamn place. Am I upset about this? Am I passionate about this? Yes, passionate. you're already starting off with a bad experience. All right? It's like when I bring my Tinder date home and she sees my Transformers on the wall. Bad start to the experience. It does not work out well. And then you show goddamn 
you know, it, even heartbreak feels good in a place like this. I'm already here. I don't need to see an AMC commercial. You know, I think listen to days, people. You might find a girl that would be impressed. You, know? you had Gen One Transformers on the wall. This is very maybe. That's a rare. Uh, you know it's what? Rare though. Uh, you know what? You'd, 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 I'm telling you, you the, the the cute barista at Starbucks here, right here in town, saw that I had a Marvin the Paranoid Android sweatshirt, and she's like, "That's Marvin the Paranoid Android," and she started writing Hitchhiker's Guide quotes on my cups every morning. What a segue. That's Stop pretty making cool. people fall in love with you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, I don't think that's right. old enough to be like coming to the movies today, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, what's next? From Shaky Jake 93 What's up, Gambia crew? What were each of y'all's first impressions when you saw Tenet for the first time? I look forward to watching you guys every day, so keep up the great content. <sighs> so, look, the, the my first experience with Tenet wasn't a great one because. In classic Christopher Nolan stylings, his audio mix is awful. Now, look, there are parts of that movie that we as the audience are not supposed to be able to hear and understand what's being said. There are key narrative parts of the movie that we're not supposed to. And I understand that. I get that. But there are many parts that we are, and I just had no effing idea what anybody on the screen was saying because the audio mix was so bad. And I remember that goes back to the first press screening they did of The Dark Knight Rises. That was the second one, right? Third The, the one with Bane. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah, third one. But it's after oh, Batman sh- Begins, yeah. Dark Knight, and then Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Sorry, so it was for Bane. It was for Dark Knight Rises. And they got about 40 of us journalist types, and they brought us down with Christopher Nolan to this IMAX screen in Los Angeles, and we got to watch the first 15 minutes of it, right? And I remember coming out of it, like everybody's gathered around Christopher Nolan saying, you're a genius, this is great, and he is a genius, he's wonderful. But then away from Christopher Nolan, we're all like, did any of you understand what the F was being said on screen? Not a thing. (laughs) And it wasn't even... Yeah, It wasn't even just Bane. It was like other people saying none of us had any idea what was being said on screen because his mix is so bad. I don't know how a filmmaker that good makes things. Sorry, I'm going on too long about this, but but your first impression of Tenet. Well, you know, I... I and my I've had multiple impressions of Tenant, and I I just don't think it entirely works. I mean, I love what he was going for. I love the way it looked. I thought the sound mix was absolutely a problem. He's trying to create a reality, but the thing is, when you're recording dialogue and sweetening dialogue, if anybody talks in a movie, if anybody opens their mouth and has dialogue come out, and you as an audience can't understand it, that's a problem. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's a problem no matter what you're doing. And it does not create verisimilitude. It takes you out of the movie. And when you have a story that is as complex as Tenet, every single word matters. Because even if you can hear everything crisp, crisply, there's a lot of viewers who are going to f- get lost. And the, you, as soon as there's some dialogue the audience can't understand, doesn't know what's going on, then they're going to get even more lost. So, yeah, anyway, that was a problem. Okay, sorry. We spent too much time on that. What's next? From Kevin Cal. Kevin! Kevin. Love this new old format of the show, guys. Moon Knight is great overall, but the finale was a letdown. I agree. Rob still have the Mando one-fourth scale, and if Ray wins that bet, I'll give John a good deal on the hot toy. Kevin, I want it. I keep forgetting. Hold on to that. I want it. I want it. There's a one-quarter scale. What is it, Mando? Yes. Is it Mando himself? Yes. Can I buy it? What? You're richer than me, so. <laughs> wow. I don't know. You just bought a house that's worth twice the amount as mine. No, no, no. I mean, you, you, if you would like to buy. The flexing on the show. I really own good. property. Oh. It's, it's one of the great quarter scale hot toys. That's true. Ray does own an island. Ever. Ray has his own island. Ray's, Ray's, Ray's the richest man on the show. <laughs> it's All right. really good. What's next? Do you have two, Kevin? <laughs> From, oh. 
from Fredo. Hey guys, game day. Game day. I'm watching Doctor Strange tomorrow at 10 p.m. and I cannot wait. I mean, I well, you're gonna have to another day. But no, I seriously, I'm so psyched. We're going in just a couple hours to go watch it. I I'm very stoked to see this. I'm still more excited for Thor: Love and Thunder, but I am significantly enthused for this movie today. I can't wait for us to watch it. All right, what's next? From Mr. Colonel. Hi, John. Since you mentioned you used to play competitive table tennis, what was your life before this show? <laughs> and also, you were looking for things to do with the space in your garage studio. One of two. Maybe. Check 11 VR. It is, it's an hyper-realistic VR game. You can play alone or with others online. There's a video about it in Table Tennis Daily on YouTube. I've tried it and loved it. Yeah, so Anne and I, uh, we got and really adored our, uh, what was the name of our VR? Uh Oculus. Oculus. Yeah, we got we got the Oculus and we really enjoy it. I mean, who doesn't love playing Beat Saber? Uh, but they also had some really good table tennis. I have. So there's a couple of things that Ann and I have been discussing about what to do with the converted garage now that it's no longer our studio. One has been putting in a pool table, maybe some uh, some classic video games up against the wall, make a game room out of it. We thought about making a theater room out of it. I have had the thought about turning it into a big VR room. Um, now I, I don't know that that's what we're going to do, but mm. I am toying with the idea. Ray doesn't like the idea because, because it's like, um, if they ever make full games, then maybe, but I don't know. Maybe you should wait for the, uh, PlayStation fives, uh, VR. Cause I hear that's going to be like the VR to get like what they're trying to do with it. But as far as right now is concerned, I, I don't think. VR is even worth it. Like I haven't touched. I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm struggling with what to do with that room and now. I, and I love VR, but you should go with my idea. What was your to idea? Start filling it up with balls, like a ball pit. I have a ball and then pit have in a college. Big screen. Yeah, it's have so a, fun. See, I can't even touch that one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> big ball. Easy. What they call uh, Rob? Huh? <laughs> Balls pit. Uh, you know, just not even going to go like on. Like a with McDonald's play nope, play. Nope, Guys, nope. we are running out of time. Okay, okay, Rules 09, visiting Cali again for my graduation in a few weeks. Going to take my parents to see Multiverse of Madness. Nice. Not sure if we should go to Westwood, the Chinese, or City Walk, or maybe AMC Burbank. Uh, look, Ooh. honestly, I, there, there are my favorite places to go, but if you're visiting LA, yeah. there is no more historic more important, more significant movie theater in the world than the Chinese theater. You've got to go there. I don't know, Rob. You got to go there and sit in row N or M in the center. Uh, the, if you go there, uh, you got to go because there's a there's a tour. They usually have costumes on display, but the presentation, the screen is gigantic. The the, the theater is historic. It's a great experience. There's so much history there, and it's yeah. just it's beautiful. And yeah, I mean, look, that's not my first choice to go to a movie normally. Right, right. But if you've not been there, you got to visit the Chinese theater, and it is fantastic. All right, what's next? From Russell, time to enter the multiverse and descend into madness. Let's go. <laughs> Let's Four p.m. Go. couldn't get here quick. I am I IMAX. Here we come. Yeah, I. You know what? We I think we're seeing it in IMAX. I don't think I was able. I, I wanted to get into the Dolby. I wanted the Dolby Prime, but I think it was sold out and we got the IMAX. I can't remember. We'll know when we get there. Yeah. We're going to see it on a great screen, regardless. Yeah. Great screen, regardless. Hope you have a good time, man. All right. What's next? From Raphael, 80s sci-fi film, Enemy Mine. Love Enemy Mine. Louis Gossett Jr. It was basically Dennis the- Quaid. It was basically the basis- for one of the episodes of Star Trek: The Next Generation, the enemy, the from enemy, the third season, uh, and of course, Gerard at Tanagra. 
Is that is that the <laughs> no, one? No, that's Darmok. Darma, okay. That's Darma. But that's the one that's basically based on enemy mind. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, yes. But yeah, it kind of is. It's, you're right, because they're fighting against an enemy. But enemy mind is is like, isn't it Hell in the Pacific, the Japanese soldier and the American soldier? Oh, might that be. That it's taken from the, yeah. But that's a, that movie, ILM used practical effects in that where they, they weren't using motion control photography. And it has a really great look to it. You know, John? You can borrow my Blu-ray. What's next? You can put it in your. Uh, you can put it in your. Let's move on here. Five. What's next? From the pleasure minion, getting a super chat in is like the State Farm commercial with the old fisherman dangling a twenty dollars. Oh, you almost had it. You got me quicker than that. <laughs> I know. Look, it, it's. It is. We used to be. We could have super chats open for like 20, 25 minutes, but we literally now are only able to have super chats open for about a minute and a half. And then we have to we have so to so we can up. get to them live on air. Oh yeah, because we we made see what we used to happen here on the John Campy Show. For those of you guys who are relatively new, um, we were just taking questions, and if we couldn't finish off all the questions, we'd say, "Oh, we'll get to it in a companion video." But sometimes that companion video would come in a day. But sometimes the companion videos got really backed up, and sometimes people would have to like wait three days, four days. And I made a decision that if somebody sends in a super chat. That super chat is getting answered that day. We are not waiting for it for a companion video. It's going to be, if it comes in that show, we're going to answer it on that show. But that means we have to limit how many get sent in because we want to make sure we maintain our commitment to answering all of them that get sent in. But that does mean that the window got a little bit shorter. So now we're about a minute and a half, two minutes open. So yeah, you got to be, got to be quick on the draw to get those in. All right, what's next? From Andy, heroes are often defined by their greatest arch nemesis. Examples include Batman and the Joker, Superman and Lex Luthor, and the Flash in Hawaii. <laughs> I didn't know where they were going with that, but I like it. That was good. Well done, yeah, well done. Yeah, well, well done. done. Yeah. All right, we'll give you that one. Andy right. gets the aviation shot of the day. What's next? Uh, remember Bulldog, today is game day. Golden Dog Strange Multiverse of Madness. Today it's seven. Uh, it's, it's always, you know, this is one thing I love about movies. Love about movies. It's the fact that you can get two different people from completely different walks of ethnic backgrounds, socioeconomical environments, uh, gender, uh, geographic locations, whatever, and you can put them in the room and they can both start talking about Lord of the Rings together. That's one of the great things. And here we are, fans all over the world, and we're all talking about, we're going to go see Doctor Strange together. And we're all like holding hands going, oh my God, we're going to go see Doctor Strange together. And this is like one of the best things about being a movie fan and being a part of a movie fan community. All right, so we're excited too, man. Okay, what's next? Oh, Jonathan, did I skip one from Raphael? They just pop popped in. Nope. Oh. No, we got okay, it. Okay, because we read that one. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, the Mad Titan just started Babylon 5. London reminds me of Feral Penguin. Listen, I had a buddy who used to, who did my original podcast, the movie blog audio edition for those. I don't know how many of you remember that, but my buddy, Darren Connolly, um, who is still up there in Canada, he was a fanatical Babylon five fanatical. I mean, as much as you talk about how much you hate Star Trek, that's just him. Uh all Wait, the time. I love Star Trek. No, you don't. I love Star Trek. No, you, you I don't love think so either, a, a certain era of Star Trek. So, but he would talk about Babylon 5 all the time. 40 like, years of Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> you Star Trek? I know. I know. I opened the floodgate. Sorry, John. But, but I love Babylon 5 too. But yeah, I mean, there are some sci-fi <laughs> fans that think like, yeah, right. to this day, there are some Babylon 5 fans who like think that Babylon 5 is the pinnacle of sci-fi Stuff like that. I mean, I liked Babylon 5. I do. I, I never got into it that much, and I never thought it was that great myself, but 
lot of people just swear by that. What did you think about Babylon I, 5? I love Babylon 5, and I think it has two... Uh, actually, it has one character, the character of Jakar, played by Andreas Katsoulis, yep. is one of the great... Didn't he pass away recently? He did. Yeah, he passed away a while ago. And, and that that change, turning from seeing what happens to his character and Londo Malari, the Centauri, the ambassador, um, it's it's incredible. I mean, seasons two, three, and four of Babylon 5 are some of the finest televised science fiction. I mean, Straczynski didn't know whether he was going to get canceled or not, so... They 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 made it so the end of the fourth season could have ended the series if they needed to. Season five is a little weaker because they ended the Shadow War right early, but it's still awesome. I mean, I remember there's an episode called, I think it's just called Zaha Doom, where they go to the homeworld of the shadows. It was awesome. Um, and and didn't uh, what's the guy's Jay Michael Straczynski? Straczynski. Did they announce a while that he's trying to get a yeah. reboot of it going? They were going to do like the CW reboot of it. Yeah, and I haven't heard anything th- since though. It's rough. I mean, I think HBO Max has the remastered series. It's a little rough because the effects are early video toaster looking. So, but it's still it's a great show. Did you or Logan ever watch Babylon Five? I didn't. Did you watch Babylon Five, babe? Oh, okay, yeah. I, I thought Logan Mike Logan yeah. liked Babylon Five. Yeah. What you like about it? Well, remember, there's no mic on it, so people are just listening to the editor right now. Okay, so what's next? From Silent W197, seeing Multiverse of Madness in IMAX 3D in 5.5 hours. Nice. I made the mistake of looking up reviews and saw X kills X. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, there's a lot of that going around. But you know what? You, You knew the Titanic sank when you went in to go see it. It's not about what happens in there. It's about being on the journey of the movie. So just keep that in mind when you go to see it. And I hope you have a great time. Okay, what's next? From Sin Vendetta again, $20 again. Thank oh, you so thank much. Oh, thank you, Sin Vendetta. Appreciate that, man. Actually, John, I've heard several movie pundits, including The Real Rejects, Jeremy Johns, and more, say that Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness could have used an additional 15 to 20 minutes of screen time. Uh, I have not heard that. Uh, and like I said, I've I've gone through about 150 of them. So, like, I'm sure somebody has said it somewhere, but that's not been the general consensus. That There's not been any general consensus out there. I'm sure somebody has, mm. but, I mean, I'm probably sure there's somebody who says it should have been shorter. But the general consensus hasn't been that yet. All right, what's next? From Andres Vargas. Love the show. Just showing some support. Thanks for all you do. Oh, thank you, Andres. It's always cool when somebody wants to write in just to say something supportive. Appreciate that, man. All right, what's next? The Pleasure Minion again. Also, yesterday I booked my first co-star. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It's for the revival of Justified. I'm so happy. I might have a heart attack. I guess <laughs> wow. I better go see the doctor today. LOL. Get That's it? I'll get cool. the doctor. Good job. Good job. Break a leg, Congratulations. man. Break that, leg. Is that is amazing. awesome. That's always a good thing to hear. Oh, yay. And you'll get residuals and you'll have on-set well, experience. Well, d- depends on what, how much of a role it is, I, I suppose. You know, if you have a co-star, as long as you get that screen time, you get things. My, my stint on last week tonight that I did like five years ago I still get money for really yeah and that's like last week tonight is basically a new show right so it's ridiculous that it still runs that's amazing all right what's next from Suthius, because there's a new studio, I feel as though Mr. C should start wearing suit jackets again. Yeah. Also, have you all double-checked the ceiling for leaks? Uh, yeah, so that was a big problem with the, another studio we were in before. Massive <laughs> leaks to the them. ceiling. Yeah, yeah, it still gives Jonathan nightmares. Oh. Um, so for those of you who don't know, we reference to the jackets. So there was, for about a two-month period, that I would wear a suit jacket when I would do the show. That Oh, you did, did you? I did. Oh, yes, Fancy. you did. That was brought on because... Anne decided, Anne was very proud of my show, and she decided to sit down and show much of my show to oh, her mother, okay. my mother-in-law, Ray's mom. <laughs> 
To which her first response was, why John dress like hobo? Was the phrase. That hurt. <laughs> and so that, 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 that wounded me. So for a few months after that, I wore a suit jacket for about two months. Still wore, wore the same thing underneath. Still Just wore the same thing underneath. So it was a very classic so hobo. So ultimate hobo. Yeah. Yes, the ultimate hobo. Uh, but no, I don't think I'll be bringing the suit jackets back. Uh, that needs to be another too. shirt. Just uh, why John look like hobo? <laughs> All right, what's next? From Moist Twinkie. Oh, yes. Aaron's favorite username. Sending in a $20 super chat. Thank, Thank you, you, Moist Twinkie. Hello, Campia crew and the Mount verse of moistness. <laughs> I would love to see Moon Knight show up in Midnight Suns. That would be epic. Well, first of all, there has to be a Midnight Suns. Uh, so that, that, of course, is one of the big problems. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with that. Let's get a Midnight Suns and let's see if Moon Knight can show up in that. But I mean, if there's any place for him to truly land, that's it. Mm. I agree with you. All right. What's next? From Spencer P. By the way, we got to make sure uh, uh, Aaron sees that username because oh, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, she loves <laughs> right, that one. Uh, from Spencer P. How do y'all feel about Obi Wan being a miniseries? I'm a little disappointed as these miniseries Disney Plus have been putting out have just felt too short. Okay, the, one uh, sometime next week we're going to do a dedicated segment on the fact that six episodes does not work. It it just doesn't because one of two things happens. It either feels incredibly short and like disjointed with its storytelling and its pacing because it's just too short, or it ends up feeling like an overly stretched out movie that just had a lot of stuff that it didn't need to have, but they had to justify stretching it. It's like pick one or the other. Six episodes does not work in general. Now, obviously, you can put out a six episode thing. It could be the greatest thing in the world, but I think that's going to be lucky if that if and when that happens and it'll be the exception to the rule i just don't think this six episode thing works and they should either just make it a long movie or make it a properly length series eight preferably 10 to 12 episodes but i don't know we'll talk about it sometime next week all right what's next from stupid heads introducing robert meyer burnett as the watcher that's a that's i don't know if you're referring to old school but a friend of mine talking about pizza and sex Oh, you know, because well, you made it. It's like some of the, it's like pizza and sex. I like to watch it. It's like okay, great. Uh, well, it's funny because an old friend of mine who's a who oh, works on the Star Wars <laughs> anime, no works on the Star Wars animated series said if I was a superhero, I would be called I would be the Watcher. Aww. Oh, that's nice. that's a nice yeah. nice thing to say. That's much. But I'm also a voyeur, so it yeah. works both ways. You know, right now there's anyway, some artist on. who watches our show that's making you think of like a horizon here, and then Rob's eyes over it, looking at a big box of pizza, and so and and maybe a, a couple banging. <laughs> if on the somebody side. did know. that, I'd make that as a T-shirt. That would make a great T-shirt. Yeah, actually, I'll make some merch. All right, what's next? From Stray Wolf, Green Lantern is finally shooting in September. Ooh. Is that? That must be breaking news. If so, we'll talk about it tomorrow. But yeah. really? Well, I'll believe it when I read it. But if that is true, that's great news. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Thanks for the heads up on that. Okay, what's next? From Magic K, with with Rob's uh, with Rob slapped John video go viral. I think it's catch up with eggs affect the behavior. Hmm. Oh, we're talking. Oh, we're talking oh. about the, the little sketch we did after the mm-hmm. Will Smith thing. Yeah. Yes, that was funny. But what's the catch up on eggs thing? Well, that that was part of the bet. Oh, oh. right, right. Okay. Well, why do you don't mind ketchup on eggs? Do you? It was for you, but he took the. Best. I don't love it. Yeah, but no, he said barbecue yeah. sauce too, and I'll put barbecue sauce on yeah. anything. Yeah, oh my God, that's I, gross. I, my oh, gag reflex triggers. Oh my oh, Barbecue sauce on eggs. Oh, come on, man. Do you do like sriracha on eggs though? 
Uh, Tabasco is okay. I'd army hammer Elizabeth with barbecue sauce. Whoa. <sighs> Whoa. Hashtag Rob2. Okay, what's next? Uh, oh, Brian Whitney, by the way, just keeps throwing in money in here, too. On those. Well, we'll get... Okay. Um, Jasmine <laughs> Jones sends in an almost $20 super chat, so thank, thank you, Jasmine. Thank you, Jasmine. Fun fact, Catherine Keener was, Sa uh, was Sally Jackson in the Percy Jackson movies. Now Walker Scoble is playing Percy Jackson, so another The Adam Project connection. And Disney just announced uh, to more stars for the Percy Jackson series. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit. By the way, Keener, I love her. Mm -hmm. She's no good. I mean... 40-year-old virgin. I fell in Perfect love with her in 40-year-old virgin. I, I mean, uh, she was so good in that movie. She was great in Get Out. And she, oh. and then, of course, in Get Out, uh, obviously with The Adam Project. I mean, she's got a long, long list of stuff. I just, I adore it every time I see her pop up in something. She's in a movie with Robert De Niro called What Just Happened, which no one's seen. Barry Levinson directed. And it's about uh, Art Linson, a real producer, and Robert De Niro plays him. It is the most accurate and cringe-inducing. I, I watched it about a producer in Hollywood. It's one of the greatest movies ever about making a movie, and she plays the studio head, and she's Ooh. awesome. She's just great in awesome. everything she mm -hmm. pops up in. All right, what's next? The Comedic Genius. Dr. Strange Day is finally here. It's here. Mm -hmm. Just want to say that I'm happy it's finally here, and also good luck with the hot toy, right? Oh. Yeah, it's gonna. Be, I think it's going to fall about 40 million uh. short of that, but hey, Keep hope alive. I mean, I, I don't like the idea of having to walk in that store and say, okay, pick one, dude. But <laughs> but if I have to, I have to. All right. What's next? From Jacob Flynn. Greetings from Mobile. Oh, Jacob says it's like $50. Wow. Thank you, Jacob. Jacob, thank you so much for supporting our channel on that level, man. Thank, thank you very you. much. Greetings from Mobile, Alabama. Can't wait to see Doctor Strange. But question about Moon Knight. When he returns again, do you think Marvel will resolve the three personalities detail off screen how they did with Smart Hulk? Thanks for all you guys do. Yep. I, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> if it's not his movie, then you don't, they don't have time right, to go to into the, that sort of thing, right? Because just like in this movie, like if there was a dedicated Hulk movie, which we know they can't do, but if there was a dedicated Hulk movie before Endgame, then and they had all the time to dedicate to him, then we probably would have seen the process of Banner yeah. becoming Smart Hulk. But because it's not just his movie, they had to fast that a little bit. And so I think they'll probably do it off screen. Rob? I think you're probably right about that because how would they explain? I mean, they haven't even explained it to us. You know, and if you watch the Moon Knight show, how does Jake Lockley fit into, I mean, Mark and Steven? Although somebody somebody had written to me an interesting theory that that the that now I've forgotten it, but the, after the show yesterday, that Jake was the resolution. The, the, Jake is the resurrection of Mark's dead brother. Oh, okay, but it's still just mentally. It's not that's like they're the same person. Yeah, like they're the same. So how could it be the resurrection of? Like it's not the same person, right? Like Jake Lockley is actually a different individual to be the new avatar of Khonshu. I don't know. Hmm. Mark is more disturbed than he knows, or whatever that line is that Khonshu says at the end there. Yeah, so I I, I think what you're saying here, dude, is is pretty much on the, on the on point, that when we do see Moon Knight again in some other movie, we're going to see that Jake and Mark and Steven are all, all already aware of each other and probably going back and forth in the three, and they'll drop a line about how they became aware of each other, but that's it. I don't think they'll go into detail of that getting resolved. All right. What's, uh, thank you again for supporting our channel yeah. on that level, man. All right. What's next? 
from Quindell Newton sending in a $20 super chat. Hey guys, love the show. I am so excited to see Doctor Strange 2 tonight. How do you guys feel about Wanda possibly bringing mutants into the MCU so Sue can have her kids? So she can have her kids. Or or, or maybe Sue. Or maybe Sue. <laughs> maybe Sue. Are we talking about Franklin Richards here? Um, yeah, listen, there has never been a time when it was more possible that this could be the movie where mutants and everything gets introduced for five years. Every MC movie that comes out, the fans have yelled, this is the movie there. The mutants are coming and it, it's never happened. But now here we are. We got professor X is in it. We are now at the five year bubble. When Kevin Feige said, I got the next five years planned out. So no mutants until then. Well, here we are. It is something called the multiverse of madness. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to do it today. But today is the biggest opportunity they've ever had to do it. And if not now, soon. But I think I think there's a good chance. Rob. I mean, that's, yeah. Although, you know, I haven't read much. I, I mean, I've tried to stay as spoiler-free as I can, even though that's getting increasingly more difficult by the hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but there's never been a better time. All right. What's next? From Benjamin Tam. Excited for Doctor Strange. Have my tickets for Thursday, then again for Saturday. Nice. Going to make 215 mil. I mean, much, not as much as when, because I remember when Spider Man No Way Home was coming in, a lot of people writing and saying, I bought, I got my tickets for Thursday, for Friday, for Saturday, and for Sunday. I haven't heard that as much, but still, a good number of people have been writing in saying, got my tickets for Friday night and Saturday afternoon, like a lot of doubling up. Again, not as much as the Spider-Man one, though. That's why I don't think it's going to hit 266, but uh, we could be in for something real, real big. (laughs) All right, what's next? From uh, uh, Stubble McShave, House of the Dragon, August 21st, and Rings of Power, September 2nd, will overlap. Which will come out on top? Oh, look. Game of Thrones is the more recent hotness, right? But Lord of the Rings is Lord of the Rings. I, mean, I don't know. My guess right now is that Lord of the Rings will be the better show. That's my guess. If we're lucky, they're both going to be great regardless. <sighs> Again, House of the Dragon is coming off the single most popular and successful television show in history. So I'll say House of the Dragon will start off with more viewers. Now, whether it still has that after seven or eight weeks, that's a different story. But I think House of the Dragons' first two episodes will have more viewers than The Lord of the Rings will have in his first two episodes. Rob, what do you think? I think you're probably right. I mean, it really is going to come down to the quality of the shows. I mean, I think both shows have incredible potential. Obviously, uh, the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power series is the most expensive television proposition in the history of the medium. Yep. Uh, But like you point out, House of the Dragon, I mean, I think people are excited about it. I think people want it to be great. I want it to be great. I think it's probably going to start off bigger. But if the Lord of the Rings series is really good, I think more people, because, you know, uh, Game Game of Thrones, kids are not going to watch Game of Thrones, like like if you're eight years old, but you'll watch Rings of Power. Maybe. Although if I was eight, I'd probably watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> Chris, which... Uh... Just talking about the first two episodes of each ep- of each series. Which is going to get the bigger ratings? My dog is named. My son is named Gimli, <laughs> son of Gloin. It is all about Rings of Power. So you think it will get more viewers? I really do. I really, really do. I think it's going to be beautiful. I think it's going to be so epic. And I do think some people are still soured enough on Game of Thrones that they're going to wait a few episodes to see how other people feel about it. All right, that's a good point. Okay, what's next? From Brand to Man, in the worst. Is the worst of Netflix's Daredevil still better 
than the best of Disney's uh, Disney Plus shows. No. I know they're different, but it's still a fun debate. No, no. That's a, that's a dumb debate. Listen, Daredevil <laughs> is is fantastic. Uh, the, no getting around. Daredevil's fantastic. <laughs> and I'm not saying WandaVision is a better show than Daredevil was. WandaVision was truly special. I mean, it, it was unlike anything else. Daredevil was extremely cool. Gritty guy, getting into the street, beating the shit out of people. WandaVision was on a different level um, than that and, and was very special. But to say that the worst of WandaVision is still better than anything Daredevil or the worst of Daredevil is still better than anything WandaVision is, to me, is idiotic. Um, I mean, it, it, look, it's all subjective. It's individual preference. But just for me and my perception of it, it's, it's a ridiculous thing. Absolutely not. I don't know. Either of you guys? I mean, Daredevil did so many things in an incredible way. I mean, Exceptionally the, well. Yeah, the hallway fight scene is just wonderful. Legendary. Um, the fact that we saw Mutagen, which made me so happy because I kept waiting for little turtles to pop up. Um, <laughs> I mean, it would be really cool. But there, it's apples and oranges. Why can't we just appreciate everything for as it is? Why do they have to compare? Everyone's pretty. You're all pretty, girls. Don't worry about it. There's room for everyone at the table. No, some of us ain't as pretty. I mean, that's, that's just the reality. Well, that's I, the hard but, reality of but life. I, I mean, I appreciate the sentiment, too. It's just also the production of those shows was very different, the mm -hmm. way they were made. Yeah. And I think that, look, Moon Knight has a very different look than any of the Netflix shows. The Netflix shows all kind of shared the same overall palette, if that makes sense. WandaVision, going back and recreating those sitcoms, that was amazing. Like, And that was something that I don't think that the Netflix shows would have done. And it carried something that the Daredevil shows did not. Mystery. Yeah. That actually engaged. I still remember when that show was out, like everybody was writing in every day, hundreds of theories, hundreds of ideas, hundreds of thoughts about how the mystery would resolve. And that was just something, to Chris's point, that's just something that was very different than what, than what Daredevil was yeah. doing. Yeah. All right. Next, actually, Jonathan, how, how are we doing here? How, how close are we to getting done here? All right, let's keep going here. What's next? Okay. From our Bulldog again, any final predictions for Doctor Strange today? Oh, no predictions. Nope, nope, none. I, I, you know me, especially on game day, I just want to take all the, the expectations, the thoughts, the theories, the speculation I had, and I ball it all up. I put it in a nice little suitcase, and I leave it at the door. Now I'm just at a point where I'm just going to go into the theater and say, okay, Kevin Feige and Sam Raimi, Give me whatever it is you want to give me. And then two uh, hours to thrill me. Yeah, two hours and six minutes to thrill me. All right, what's next? From Thomas, I just realized after watching old AMC Collider videos that Ray has been mentioned so many times back then. Oh, yeah, Ray mentioned all the time. Like, Ray is. <laughs> but I mean, look, you got to understand, Ray has been with me longer than anybody was with me. Longer than Schnepp was with me, longer than Dennis. Well, no, no, that's not true. Dennis and I were working together before yep, that. But yep. but once we got to AMC, you started working with me at AMC before Dennis started working with me at AMC. I just worked with Dennis before that at another right, place. Right, right. That's what happened. But yeah, but Ray had been, has been around and been a pivotal part of AMC, of Collider, of, of the John Campy show. Just, yeah, a lot of that. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to send him uh, to that island? Uh, the, the island is something of his own creation. All right. So what's next? <laughs> From Alan. Hi, guys. I'm having some bad anxiety. I'm excited for Doctor Strange. I'm a little worried I won't like it. Aww. I'm not going in with any expectations. I just want to see a good and decent movie. All right. So here's the thing, Alan. If you don't like it, you go, huh, well, I didn't like that one. Yeah. Well, let's watch the next one. Yeah, it, it's just that simple. Don't don't like don't worry about. It. I mean, it's it's a movie. Yeah, we're excited exactly. about a movie. We're pumped up. But guess what? If it ends up being a movie we don't enjoy, you go oh, okay. Well, there's others coming. 
I mean, yeah. and that's Top the great Gun thing Maverick, about it. Thor: Love and Thunder. Sure. You like those? There's yeah. a lot of great things out there to to get on board. And if not there, then on television. Halo's out right now. I mean, if you haven't caught up on uh, Moon Knight, we got Obi Wan coming. Mm-hmm. You know, go 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 start watching Yellowstone if you haven't started watching Yellowstone. For sure. Watch. I mean, the best show on TV right now. Uh, well, it, well, I say it is. Well, anyway, there's a lot of great things on TV right now. And so. Go do it. If you're feeling anxious that you're going to have the wrong opinion, don't even worry about that, right? This is not going to negate how you feel about the original Doctor Strange. If you loved that film and you hate this one, no big deal. And if you think other people aren't going to like how you feel about it, then you just need to hang out with some people who are cooler. (laughs) That's pretty much it. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. John goes through that all the time. People not liking his opinion. Every day, man. Every day. That's my job. All right, what's next? From Attack of the Mushi. Attack of the Mushi. Hey, gang, I accepted the promotion, Chris, at only uh, 0.50% what I asked, or uh, 50 cents what I asked. I've been quite busy as a supervisor. Love the show, everyone, and I'm rushing out here to see Dr. Strange tonight. Congratulations on your promotion, and I'm so glad it was close to what you wanted. Very nice. And congratulations on celebrating by going to see Dr. Strange tonight. That is a win-win as far as we're concerned. Seriously, man, congratulations on that. That is awesome news. All right, what's next? Uh, we have a whole bunch of support here. I do have one of those, uh, that super chat from Rafael Castillo. Uh, we did miss that. I missed that. Um, a $20 super chat. Thank you so much, Rafael. Oh, wow. I was in the Navy when I saw Top Gun. And after I left the theater, I hopped on my motorcycle and sped to the jazz pub I frequented to gush about it. <laughs> to say I'm stoked for Maverick is an oh. understatement. Look, again, all film is subjective. Everybody will have a different opinion of everything. <laughs> but from, from where I'm sitting from my perspective right now, it's not even close. Top Gun Maverick is a better movie than Top Gun. 100%. Yeah, I I, I mean, I, and I feel very confident saying that. And again, your mileage may vary. Maybe you'll feel different, but I feel very safe in just saying this is a better movie than that one. I, I, it was it's, incredible. Dude, I, I can't believe how good it was. I mean, it not only is it incredible, it's emotional. It has some of the most kick-ass action, and there's a component to it of... The, the men on a mission. I love that genre. You know, yeah. everything from Guns of Navarone to Dirty Dozen. This is an awesome war movie, too. I mean, it's pretty yeah. great. Yeah, really yeah. Good. that's just good news for him because he loved the first one, as he said. Yeah, so. I think you're going to love I, this I'm, one. I mean, Aaron, whose family, like <laughs> obviously Aaron has family. Yeah. In, like Aaron was like completely emotional watching it, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you're going to have a really good experience with it, man. Absolutely. Okay, then what do we got here as far as people sending in uh, support? We got Real Talk Live. We got Brian Whitney sending in so much stuff here. Brian. Um, Michael Cross sending in super chats as well. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. And Brian, again, Brian's been one of our big supporters here, especially lately. Brian, seriously, that's incredibly generous of you. Thank you. On behalf of myself and the entire the entire community, everybody who watches the show, thank you for being such a big part of keeping this show going and supporting what we're doing. So thank you so much for that, Brian, and to all of you who sent that stuff in. And guys, that'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campy Show, thank you so much for being here and making the show part of your day. Big special thank you out to Brian and everybody else like you who has sent in Super Chats today. Number one, because you give us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved here at the John Campy Show, thank you guys so very much for your support. By the way, let you guys know, I don't know how many of you guys go to VidCon, but I'm going to be a speaker at VidCon this year. I'll give you more details on that as we get a little bit closer to it. And I want to thank the people sitting around here. We got Robert Meyer Burnett. We got Chris Carr. Over there, we got Ray or uh, Fact Checker Jonathan. Jonathan Voico behind the, the desk there running the show. And uh, myself, John Campia. Guys, don't forget, the show will be back again tomorrow. We're going to talk a little bit more. We got a special guest in here tomorrow. My friend Christian Harloff is going to be here joining us talking about 
Doctor Strange. Keep your eyes open a little bit later today for our Out of the Theater reaction, which will be a short one. We'll have that up as soon as we get out of theaters. Lots of stuff going on around here, guys. Thanks so much for being here. Make this show part of your day. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.